Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. I'm here to kill chaos. everybody welcome to core this is core talking video games like we always do episode 299 one episode shy of 300 no oh, shit yeah dude a Think, milestone that is a milestone you ever had a um we'll see we've all we've a all milestone? had stuff where we've hit at least 300 episodes at something i mean i've done it a bunch of times but but you guys had at least 300 for azeroth roundtable john right Something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's a sign. I don't remember what our last one was. You hit 100, it means you're serious. You hit 200, it means you're not fading. And you hit 300, it means you're a show that probably has legs. That's my my rule. Except, I guess, Azeroth's on hold now. because eh, It's not on hold. It's done. Oh, it's done. Never, so it's out. Never do it again. <laughs> it's out of there. And uh, yeah. good, bad, or bullshit, Bo, is how many episodes old? I was just looking that up because I don't know. It was somewhere in the 200 range. This is pretty good. We we, we pod faded classically. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't really cancel the show. The last episode was like, new episodes are coming. Yeah. And uh, the new episodes did not arrive, and I don't know. Well, they'll get around to it. They'll pick, back, pick it back up. You're the Curb Your Enthusiasm of podcasting. They'll eventually show up, surprise everybody, and they'll, there they'll be. Whole new season. Hey, if you're wondering yeah, why I, I brought that up uh, at home, it's because we do a little bonus content for our patrons every episode where we talk about all kinds of random stuff. Today, uh, Quantum Leap, Star Trek. <laughs> Can't remember all what all got talked about. Brad oh, Dorif. You know, pooping. all sorts yeah. of stuff. All sorts of good things. If you like that idea, then uh, maybe head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash core. Let's get into this week's business. We have some news to discuss that isn't just a Microsoft buying Activision news, which is all we had last week, pretty much. Um, and there's still plenty going on with that, but we're kind of in that mode now where uh, we'll have to wait and see what it all means or how long it takes. You know, you're probably two, three years away from this thing being completely through. If it goes through entirely, the only real news to come out is that uh, Microsoft made an announcement or I guess Activision made the announcement, but whatever. It's it's interesting to, to, to hear it from them and not Microsoft. But anyway, they announced it for the next three iterations of Call of Duty, they're all guaranteed to be PlayStation uh, bound, despite the fact that uh, Microsoft might own them by the, by then. And Microsoft has not said one way or the other if they can intend to continue the series over there or not. I personally think they will, because why not? They sell a ton of copies of COD over there. May as well. So I think they probably will. But uh, that's it. The rest of it's just like speculation. So we have fresh hot news this week, like this little story. Did you like the redhead in the Star Wars game? Do you remember that, John? You remember uh, that? I liked that game. I thought he was the worst part of it. But yeah. oh, geez. I did like that game. Okay, well, I have some good news and some bad news for you. Okay. The good news is they're making a brand new Fallen Order game, a sequel to Fallen Order. The bad news is redhead dude is back in it. So. Well, I mean, probably. Maybe. Well, we I guess we don't know for sure. We don't know, but they're making a sequel to that game. That game was really good. Yeah. Um, I still. You know, it's been on the show. It was long enough for that game to be announced, come out, and me play it. 
I did not have a lot of hope for Fallen Order being a good game. I was pretty convinced it was not going to be, mostly because I thought the main character looked like, hey guys, what if we took Luke Skywalker and made him a ginger? <laughs> and like that was about as far as they decided to to go with the concept phase for your main protagonist. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I still stand by that's what it felt like. He wasn't awful. Like just to be clear, he he's wasn't a good. Bad, he's a good actor. The guy got they got they got for the mocap and everything. He's a Hollywood yeah. dude with TV shows and credits, and he's fine. He did fine. Yeah, he's fine. But it like we've seen it before. Like the just like I'm gonna do good. Like wide eyed. Just like gonna do the thing. I'm a force user. Like it just it was it was bland. But there were a lot of really cool uh, side characters and extra characters in that. And the story was actually pretty good. Um, even had a cute little droid in it uh, that may have made an appearance in a certain Star Wars TV show yesterday. Oh, um, oh yes. That type of droid, at least. Oh, okay. So, um, mm, okay. Interesting. I didn't watch that, any of that, that by the way. Cool I'm not. So there's nothing to spoil here when I ask this question, I don't think. But did it end satisfactorily to you? Because that was a that was the finale, right? That we're done now? No, I don't think so. Oh, I thought it was over. Six episodes, and last this week was episode five. I was gonna say that's a really weird way to end it because the yeah. Anyway, we don't need to talk about it, but like it had nothing to do with the story thus far, so it would have been an odd note to go out on. But okay, um, good. It was the best episode so far. Oh, Um, all right. By by far, yeah. Am I gonna so, have to? Uh, I'm gonna have to barrel through five episodes to find the best episode. Should I just honestly, Scott? You can watch that episode on its own. Really? It is a hundred percent standalone. It's yes. a standalone episode. Yes. Weird. The, uh, the only thing you would be confused about is maybe the last thirty seconds of the show, and like that thirty seconds explains itself. And you could fill me in later if I had to know what was going on there. Yeah. You can watch that episode and be done. I might Just do watch that. all of them. They're good. Are they? It is good, know. but you should watch all of them. I keep hearing so many mixed things. Episode. Everyone's like, don't waste your time. I love Star Wars and I hated this. I don't know what. People and are I, so rational when it comes to Star Wars. You can, yeah, that's so true. reliable in their opinions. And uh, <laughs> Good point. Yeah, it's good. Just, it's Star Wars. It. It's that's not fine. Lucas era. It's not whatever. Like, if, you know, But it's better than the sequels all right <laughs> it's your sweet spot <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> not, as, not as good as the originals or the prequels but it's definitely way better than the sequels but it's not better as, than nothing man. which is what we would be doing if they didn't do it like i it's not the best show okay. but it's a stand-in for the mandalorian which is the show we wanted which isn't out yet for yeah, a while it's a still off. coming out they didn't cancel the mandalorian and give us this instead right so it's just something to hold you over and it's fine okay but That's... this new episode is different this new episode is not just fine this new episode is phenomenal and uh made me so excited for what's to come well bo you said it's better or it's not as good as the prequels though and you know how I feel about the, who, yeah, whose opinion sure. of the prequels. You can put the prequels wherever you want. Like to me, the prequels are the premiere trilogy followed by the originals. Oh, okay. Oh. So let's take Bo's actual point before we get too hung up on the specifics, <laughs> which is it's not like people don't have weird opinions about Star Wars, which we can now very clearly, even amongst us, agree is a is an accurate statement. Yeah, I mean, Revenge of the Sith is like the best of all of them. It's so good. Really. 
The whole uh, uh, isn't that where the sand is gritty and he doesn't like it, or is that clones? No, I think that's Attack yeah. of the Clones. Oh, okay, that's the that's the worst Star Wars. So movie. this is the one where he kills all the kids and the, the higher got the they wish he had the higher ground. Yeah. Yeah. He's got General Grievous. Uh, we're still flying half a ship, and yeah. hello there, General yeah. Kenobi. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I mean, I've got the high ground. It's over <laughs> again. Like it's amazing. <laughs> it's the so good. Hits. All right. It's, all of them. Yeah. The all of them. I'll have to, I don't know, revenge of the I like. I like the prequel aesthetic and the Lucas era of that. Like, it's not for everyone. I'm, I've heard this for 20, 30 years now, but it's my favorite interpretation of the Star Wars universe. I don't think things are, like. Aren't things too clean? That's my only problem with that trilogy. It's too clean. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a science fiction universe. There's going to be dirty planets. There's going to be clean planets. And like the CGI is, was it was pushing boundaries and information and a lot of CGI was not as seamless as you can find it today. Sure. You know, that that I can get that. I can forgive. You know, you Matrix, know. Uh, Matrix sequels had some pretty like, this is clearly a computer game now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I yeah. still like them, but yes, like, was it the best? Uh, no, but it was, you know, if you can suspend your disbelief and enjoy it, that's really all that matters. Just need yeah, dirty ships. They didn't have the CGI budget for dirty ships, just like all those Neos. All those Neos were very clean. That's a good point. They didn't. Uh, we hadn't gotten good at that yet. The the there's oh there's a word for this. It was fascinating. I heard it the other day. Somebody said there was a moment in early 2000s CG where they hit this mark that they've all been trying to hit, and it went from everything looks like clean plastic to these look like flesh and blood people. An animation is a secondary issue that can still make or break a, a you know a fake performance. But there was there was this technique that was used, and I cannot remember what it was called. But it, I had no idea it was even a thing, and somebody brought it up the other day in regards to some movie. I think I have a sense too, but I can't remember what the term uh, is either. I think I I've heard remember. this too. It's pretty cool though. Is it subsurface scattering? That's it. That's it. Yep. Mister Mooncat in the chat got it right. Subsurface scattering. <laughs> Which is a you know a technique and you know part of CG technology as as it grew, but I I love that kind of stuff. I'm more interested in that than those I will ever be of those prequels. But anyway, whatever. Uh, moving on uh, or back to this redhead guy. So he's making a game. He's back in it. Uh, we we don't know. Actually, we don't know. Game, yep, they hired him. We, They're like, you know what? You did such a good job on the first game. Why don't you just make this one? Yeah, would you make this one when you're between episodes of uh, Criminal Minds or whatever you're doing now? Anyway, it's uh it's a thing, it's happening. So sequel to Fallen Order. They're also working on an FPS with Bit Reactor. So these are studios working oh, we with talked Respawn. talked about them last week. Did we? What was the game? What or what it, These were X the XXCOM guys uh forming their own studio called Bit Reactor, oh, I think. Well, why are they doing the FPS then? Cuz that's weird. Hold uh yeah, me, they're let's not check doing last the week's notes. Thing. Let's see. I'm looking this last uh, week's notes uh, was respawn. Oh, that was the Activision deal. Maybe it was Oh yeah, no. Former XCOM and Civ devs form turn based strategy studio Bit Reactor. Oh, we just have it in our notes, funny. So this is what it is. Uh the same studio, meaning Respawn Entertainment, they're making the they're you know, the makers of Apex Legends. Oh, Titanfall. Respawn is making three games. Correct. Well, they're making two games. And partnering with Bit Reactor on the third, that's gotcha. the XCOM-like turn-based deal. Ah, okay, yeah. So uh, that's the okay. deal. I want that so is one. Is it uh, Apex Star Wars Legends? 
Uh, the second one? I don't know. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> I mean, I like Apex Legends. I wouldn't mind playing a turn-based Apex Legends game. That'd be all right. Hey, like oh, no, I mean for the FPS. Oh, oh, Respawn oh. can make a pretty good first-person shooter. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm can. actually down. We're not even through all three announcements, although we've kind of said all of them. Stars I, of all three of these sound amazing. <laughs> yeah, because Fallen Order was great. And I certainly want to play more of that. And I'm curious what they would do on a second outing. A first person shooter by Respawn. Like, yeah. sign me up. No brainer. All for it. Uh, great. And a strategy game by Bitreactor, which is the XCOM folks. Uh Yes. Yeah. I want all of this. Yeah, like no duh on that Very one. Very badly I want all of this. I do too. I think um uh, let's see. I like this statement from Respawn founder Vince Zappanella, who said in a statement, quote, we are huge Star Wars or we are huge fans of Star Wars here at Respawn and we are thrilled to work with Lucasfilm Games on new titles that we have wanted to make for years. Um for those sad that you you're not hearing about a Titanfall three or something, I don't know that that still couldn't happen. Um Titanfall 2 is weird because Titanfall 2 came out at a time where it got buried by all other releases. They had a terrible marketing plan at EA. This is another EA problem. It ends up being my one of my favorite shooters of all time. It's just an amazing game. And if you haven't played Critically it... Critically acclaimed as well. Yeah, play it now. Like It's everywhere. It's on Game Pass. It's, it's cheap on everything. There's no reason not to play that game today, which a lot of people are doing. People are just straight up discovering it and playing it for the first time. Still beautiful. Still runs great. An amazing game. I'd kill for a third one. I think that would be so cool, but they're not announcing that. They're announcing Star Wars stuff, so there you have it. Uh, anyway, watch for that. I'm very curious about all three of these in particular. I already know they can make a shooter, so I'm not that, you know, I'm not even worried about it. I'm just like, show it to me. Uh, we kind of know what's what would happen with the follow-up to Fallen Order. It's really the strategy game that has my, that's the one I want to hear the details on. Like, what does that game look like? And uh, I like, hope it- I like their strategy games so much. I mean, based on the pedigree of XCOM, obviously they haven't made one yet, but right. I like their strategy games so much that they could call it, you know, Gungan Bombad strategy game. And I'd be like, <laughs> okay, let's see how it goes. <laughs> I don't you know. That's fine. Yeah, really? Well, you yeah. like them prequels. Why Hold not? on. Turn-based throwing big glowy balls at droids? I'm for And it. a bunch of units when you click on them go, Misa, drone, bomb, bomb. Like Warcraft style instead of Warcraft. It's like, Misa, Misa flying. Misa flying ODK. And then someone's like, Misa, throw the bomb, bomb. And Misa, bomb, bad, bomb, bad, bad. Look, I'm not saying it's my favorite you got the idea. I'm bum, saying bum, bad, I still bad. be on board. Yeah, yeah. I want you to king. Um, bum, bum. Well, you know, like, okay, but no, this actually brings up a good point. Do you think that they go with a fully here's the here's the pantheon of Star Wars, kind of like Battlefront Two does, where they have a scenario for every era of Star Wars in that game. Um, mm-hmm. so you can feel like you're back in the you know the Vader Luke days, or you can feel like in prequel town, or you can feel like you're you know Ray running around doing stuff. So they they cover all of that. Do you think they make a strategy game that was like that? That was like scenario, you know, more of a scenario based thing where it's like these eight missions are Hoth missions, and these eight missions are you know back on Tatooine when Luke wasn't even born yet, or you know these are prequel missions or. All that, or do you think they focus in and say, "Nope, we got a character. His name is uh, Bloba Cho, or whatever his name's going to be, and he's a he's a he's a mercenary and a can and a Deep Cho's brother." Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's I almost said cannibal. He's not a cannibal. He's a uh, he's a he's a smuggler, 
and uh, he's he's here to stay, and he's boy is he big trouble. And then him and his little team, you, you keep growing them between missions, and you know be, beefing them up because they're like XCOM. Which way do you think they go, John? Or which way would you prefer? I guess. I want them to do a Clone Wars game. If you're going to do a strategy game, I want to see Clone Wars, and I want the like essentially the tech upgrades to be evolving into you know like more advanced level of clone troopers. You start with the basic little skinny guys. Forget the lore, because there's going to be lore nerds that say, yeah, but the armor got worse over time, not better. Mm. Uh, that's fine. That's technicality. Like, let that be your tech upgrades as their suits, you know, evolve into like episode two to episode three clones and get the the Clone War TV show aesthetic in there. Like, let it look oh, like I that. Love that. I think yeah. that would look oh, that super is cool. cool. That yeah. would be badass. Yeah. John's right on that point. Yeah. They should totally do uh, that. They'd have to put in enemies that we're not also canon because like all you're doing is shooting Roger Rogers. It's not going to be a very hard game. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think the droid army allows for a lot of like cool, um, units that you could go up against. Cause especially if yeah. you go with like the clone wars cartoon, they've got those, uh, that you got the regular battle droids, you got the super battle droids, you got those that were like stealthy and actually kind of smart and could do some cool tactical things. Yeah. Um, but then you've even got like they could be going up against big ships and they could actually do scenarios where like, you know, maybe a ship's low in orbit firing down at your your guys and you have to take out sections yeah. of the ship. Like yeah, it's I'm sold on this. I want the yeah, for sure. Clone Wars RTS. Done. Yeah. I'll uh, buy it. You know what I for- completely forgot about? Um Ubisoft is also making a Star Wars game right now. Quantic Dream is working on theirs. And mm-hmm. Bethesda, well, we saw the Quantic Dream one here recently in that announcement at the Game Awards. Clips. That looked really cool. But uh, Bethesda has an Indiana Jones game in the works. I completely forgot about that. Totally forgot that that was a thing. <laughs> I don't want to know what that looks like so bad. Like, I better be... I'll Think about what they off. have to do, because they have to... That game has to equal and then supersede the two game franchises that stole from it and became yeah. huge hits in their own right. So the Tomb Raider series, especially the rebooted stuff, and uh, Nathan Drake business, Uncharted. If you're not at least as good and then better than those, boy, you better... What are you even doing? I mean, there's another Indiana Jones movie coming, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to yeah. do it with so, all the like, stuff. Maybe given how four was, it's also got to be really like you know, this whole enterprise could just whiff based on how poor the movie does as well. They did do uh, an Indiana Jones game on Xbox that was pretty decent. Is it called? I mean, obviously, it didn't take over you know, Tomb Raider and Uncharted, but it was pretty good. My favorite mechanic was having to pick up his hat and put it back on. I would always play the little theme when he did it. Was it the Staff of Kings game? Is that the one? Might have been it. Yeah. Uh, kind of remember that. Oh, here it is. Uh, yeah, Staff of Kings. That would have been it. The one I remember the most growing up. It was in arcades. I was in. I was in like junior high, and they had a game called. Well, it was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and so it came out to co- coincide right around the time Temple of Doom '84. Or so I'm like 13, and the game was so bad, but I loved it. Oh my gosh, I loved playing it because it was Indiana Jones and it had horrible MIDI music. And there was always that guy going, oh, Kalima, Kalima. And he would show up in the corners of the screen and then disappear. You'd have to try to find him and save little kids in cages. And it was all little all racially dubious. though, like the voice, like it was all garbly. Oh, yeah. I have like the, I have the voices from Temple of Doom and that like real like burr, burr, burr kind of sound. <laughs> 
quality to it in yeah. my head, and I think it I think it existed. Uh, here, I'll show you. I'll play you a little bit of it so you can hear yeah, some of that. Um, here we go. <laughs> so bad. It's awful. I love it. I actually installed this on my emulator. I'm going to play this sometime next week. Or I had a uh, I had a Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade PC game, and I don't know how the game is because I can't remember it. But what I do know is that game came with the book that was in that movie. Like you got a version of Doctor Jones's diary. Mm. Um, and that was kind of like the game manual, but they also filled in with all the pages of his handwriting and drawing and all of that. And I remember thinking that was the coolest thing. That is cool. I love that. I need this, all of this. I'm actually kind of in the mood for Indiana Jones stuff right now. Not saying the movie's going to do it for me. It probably won't, but, uh, just that adventure kind of thing. Maybe, maybe the thing to do is grab that new, um, Nathan Drake, combo that's coming out 120 frame upgrade thing that's coming out on ps5 and pc i forgot what it's called the drake collection the uncharted, uncharted? master drake master drake collect whatever it is but it's basically the, the last collection. two games the last two games completely remastered for 4k and 120 hertz and all the you know all that uh, I watched the digital foundry um comparison on that it looked really good like yeah like legit good, so I mean that last to, game was awesome. Yeah, too the standalone yeah. one. What was that called? Yeah. Um, well, like uh, no, not that, not that one. Although I heard that one was really good too. The one where it was uh, about the the lady. Yeah, who's usually in it. The two ladies. Um, can't remember her name, but uh, two ladies no, adventure. Un- <laughs> Uncharted Four was actually really really good. Yeah, Four was great. I loved Four. Yeah. Uncharted's amazing. I I really hope they come back to that franchise at some point. I can't I can't help but think they would i mean do it between your really dark horrible um you know last of us scary games and i don't mean horrible in a critical way i mean they're just you know they're dark and dour and sad and bring it bring a little levity back bring, bring nathan <laughs> yeah. drake back with old scully uh, there and whatnot and make this movie wash the movie's bad taste out of our mouth because it looks like it's going to be bad Whew, it's going to be really bad You've already made up your mind. I don't want to I mean, judge. Look, I don't want to judge. I just, I've, it looks There are parts that look okay. There's moments where I'm like, oh, that's good. But then there's also moments where even me, who knows nothing about physics, goes, you can't do that. <laughs> and if I'm, if I don't believe it, then you have failed on uh, an extreme level because I don't know shit about physics. Yeah. Like, we were, we were just talking in pre show about how much you liked the vampire episode of uh, Quantum Leap where Scott Bakula right. became a vampire. So, yeah. Right. You're, Rula Cool wins out a lot for me. I'm like, vampire? Sure. Great. Yeah. Jumping off of boxes from an airplane to another, though, I'm like, I don't think that. Would they didn't have to recreate that scene. Plus, that's from four. Nathan Drake's too young in this movie. Like you're, what are you doing? No, the three. Sorry, was that, that was a that was a set yeah, piece from three. three, which I really liked. Three, three was my jam. Um, oh, I loved three. Gosh dang, three was good. Two was my favorite, but uh, they've all been pretty good. They're very good games. I hope they keep making those. Anyway, respawn getting their Star Wars on. Uh, something that we're going to talk a lot about is uh, tomorrow on the instance because it is going to be our main topic. Uh, but we definitely going to touch on it here. Blizzard sort of announced a new game. It's an unannounced game still, but they announced job openings 
for a yet to be unannounced game from the studio that is a uh, Valheim like apparently or some sort of it is absolutely a survival game that they put that in the description. Uh, some of the early art they're showing it looks very much like, hey, this is a survival game uh, or at least that aesthetic or whatever. And we should probably talk about that here and what we think about that as a new IP and genre for Blizzard. Whole new world, whole new IP. This is like, you know, not set in the Warcraft universe or Overwatch or anything else. They're making a place where they say, quote, a place full of heroes we have yet to meet, stories yet to be told, and adventures yet to be lived. What do we think of that? I, I think the the main thing that stood out to me about this, because there's not a lot to go on. No. But the main thing that stood out to me is, like, this is crazy. We live in a time and place where everybody hoards, like, secret reveals of projects and things. Yeah. You know, like, uh, dragons hoard gold. Like, <laughs> it's got to be this big thing. Like, it can be a, being announced tomorrow, and it gets leaked online, and people lose their minds over it. And yet Blizzard just came out and was like, hey, we're recruiting because we're making a survival game. We need people. And apparently the need for people was bad enough to be like, yeah, we're working on this game. Yeah, they, and, that's a good point. It early. That's a good point because they need they the way they need to recruit for this game is so specific to its its type. I think that they kind of just had to say it. She's like, well, this is what we're doing. So yeah, anybody want to do that? Uh, basically, they say it's a brand new survival game for PC and console. And uh it says here, where is it? Oh, they have no new name. There's no name for it yet. This one bit of art, I want to talk about this real quick. There's some concept art of a, a dude and a girl that look like they're dressed in kind of just like normal modern clothes. Um, they're looking through a tree portal space, something where there's like a floating castle and a very fantasy looking kind of elsewhere quality to it. Whereas behind them, it looks like there's a bike there that they parked behind that some buildings. Mm-hmm. As if they're in like Central Park or something. So can we gain anything from that, Bo? Like thematically, would you look at that and say, oh, uh, we're going to cross time and space and we found a special portal hole. And does that mean it'll be more story focused? Will this be mostly a multiplayer Valheim? I'm trying not to read too much into it because it doesn't sound very appealing. (laughs) But, um, you know, I'm sure it'll be a good game with Blizzard quality and all that. Like I have an open mind and I'm sure... Sure. It's going to be great. But like, I mean, open world survival is, can mean a lot of things. I just, you know, it conjures up whatever game you're playing in that genre, whether it's Don't Starve or Minecraft or I'm playing Valheim. I mean, but, you know, I'm I'm guessing a few things like this will probably be an always online game because Blizzard games are like that. I'm not expecting an offline experience right? options. So maybe quasi MMO or multi-user sort of deal. You know, is it just a box price game or are we getting microtransactions or subscriptions for servers or it's just, there's so much about, and it's a f- not something we have a past track record on to go with how Blizzard's going to implement the unique Blizzard take on yeah. the genre that it could be, and you know, it could be that this makes total sense. You play as a, you play as Miles Morales without the Spider-Man powers. <laughs> and then you find a special world where you can hang out with your friends. And like, if I say it, I just don't want to say it out loud. Cause if I say it out loud, I'm going to hate it. So I'm just going to, you know, it's just a piece of key art. It could be completely meaningless. Could be so any, yeah. It could all change. It could have no meaning toward anything. People are picking it apart, of course, but 
you're right. We yeah, don't it's know. Blizzard. People, you know, people love that company to death. They love either they love it because they love it or they love it because they love to hate it. And so, yeah, get out the magnifying glasses. But I mean, you know, I think the thing that I find interesting about it is that going off of, again, two pieces of art. So that's that's what we have. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot about the other one with a girl in her armor and stuff. Yeah. But but you take you take the two pieces of art we have. You take the type of game it is, which is definitely something that they don't have a track record with, at least as far as, you know, we know. Um, and then you, you take the way it was announced. And I think the thing that I find the most compelling about all this, uh, isn't the product itself, but it's that all of it seems very unblizzard. And I think that I am more interested in it because of that. This doesn't have blizzards art style to it. It looks like they're going for something different. It's not a type of game blizzard normally does. And it certainly wasn't announced the way that Blizzard typically announces games. And I think that honestly, for me, that feels like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it could be, um, you know, it's easy to get skeptical and think, well, maybe this will just evolve into like overwatch evolved from Titan. The, you know, whatever this is, is not going to stay what it is or, or whatever. And my first glance at other art with a girl on it, she looks like, a, I don't know, almost like a forbidden West lady quality to it. You know what I'm saying? Like that, What's that game called? Can't think of the name. Uh, Horizon. Horizon. <laughs> Duh. There's too many games with Horizon in them. My gosh. Horizon Forza. Forza Horizon Five. Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Worlds from Meta. Like everyone's putting Horizon in shit. Cut it out. Yeah, I think it's in the name, the mobile name generator. Heroes of Horizon. Horizon of Heroes. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a riot vibe. I agree with that. Uh, disco, I, yeah, disco. I think you could erase the Blizzard logo and put almost any video game company up there, and it would be believable. Yeah. And and that's I think because Blizzard has, even though they you know Warcraft is fantasy, Starcraft is space, Diablo is gothic. Despite all this, there is a look that is theirs. Mm-hmm that they've really owned for a long period of time. And this game doesn't fit that. And I think that's cool. I would like to see more of that from them. I agree. I, it's weirdly compelling to me in that way. Also, I don't think this announcement has, um, near the acceptance rate that it's gotten in the last few days without the news of last week, whether or not that goes through or not the right time to announce that you're doing this and that you're hiring for it was after the Microsoft acquisition announcement because I just think there is there is better better optimism at the moment and a lot of devs who have been steering clear of throwing everything, you know, moving to Irvine and working for Blizzard maybe are reconsidering given that, you know, they think maybe better management is on the way. Um, could be, could, one, be, could not be, who knows. The one really positive takeaway from this is on social media. I know I saw interactions with ex-Blizzard employees towards people currently on that team mm-hmm. commenting to the effect that they played it while they were there and it was really fun then. So they're really happy that it's announced now. Yeah. So like generally this, this is not a new announcement. I, I don't think we'll see it for quite a while, but it's been in development for a while. And, you know, I don't know why people outside of the company who've left would, you know, throw the thumbs up yeah. uh, towards a project like this afterwards. And so, you know, I think this is going to be 
I'm definitely very interested to find out more, uh, you know, curious for sure. Yeah. And for once, um, I'd like to hear if any of these things are from the incubator thing we heard so much about. That's I think they, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a project that came out of that. So it might have. It wasn't on a, it was, a, there was a bunch of tweets. I follow a lot of ex Blizzard and Blizzard people or they, I don't follow them, but they end up in my, you know, other people like them or mentions like it gets, it gets in there. I, I picked up a lot of talk, a lot of chatter to that effect for people that I recognize as Blizzard or ex-Blizzard accounts. Yeah. And I think that came up, but I can confirm it 100%. But I think so. I think this was an incubator hmm. deal. Well, we shall see. If Do you want to give it a name? Um, survival game. Survival. <laughs> yeah, Let's see. Probably what we will call so it. We got dwarf game, rat game, and survival game. Uh, yeah, all um, right. Do it. <laughs> For now, I mean, what, that's all they've gone. And my favorite part of this whole of this whole thing was um, uh, Ghost Crawler, yeah, coming out and throwing shade like uh, an announced survival game. Is it announced? If you've said it, and yeah. everyone's like, "Dude, you're working on the unannounced Riot MMO." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's like, oh, "Okay, yeah, fair point." Yeah, it is a good point. <laughs> it's, it's really. Fun. I mean, that's something I would do. I was like, I felt really. Well, I mean, in, in uh, the case, that's why I don't know if you just keep calling it unannounced. Maybe just what do you? Because it well, is announced. It's not announced if you don't give a title and a thing. If you're like, we're making a game, it's in this genre. Mm-hmm. It's not really announced, but people are like, well, you. We basically have an idea of what you're doing. It's a ride MMO. What's it going to yeah. be set in uh, some, you know, obviously it's going to be set in some league adjacent world. Probably you got so. careful yeah, with that because remember when Nintendo wouldn't shut up about how they were making <laughs> the dolphin for the longest time. Oh, the dolphins coming out. Wait till the dolphin hits. Yeah. It's going to be the Nintendo dolphin. Everybody was talking about the Nintendo dolphin and it was, we were all on board and then they're like revealing the GameCube, and everyone yeah. went, Man, nope. the dolphin was such a cooler name than the frigging GameCube. I don't care that it's an actual cube. Like dolphin is what we've been used to. But for they did the same. They now. did the same thing with Revolution. It ended up being the Wii, but they called it the Revolution. That was their their, their uh, internal yeah. code word. And that happens with movies and all sorts of stuff. So it doesn't surprise me that much. I do think it's weird marketing to announce on the old name and then ride that for a long time and then change it when you're ready to finally talk retail. They did it with the Switch as well. It was called something else. It was a uh, some other weird name, the internal code name. In this particular case, what we have now then is an announced, unannounced game. Yeah. Is that a new category? Because that's what that's what Greg's MMO is. An announced I made a joke MMO. that got zero likes to Greg on this. I said Superposition TM is the new soon TM. <laughs> but I don't think anyone understood that. That's good. No, I would have. I had I seen that, you'd have gotten a like from me, man. That's great. Yeah, it probably got buried. I mean, when, when Ghost Crawler tweets, there's a thousand replies instantaneously. But I'm, I'm like, yeah, I felt like that was pretty good. I had. Uh, let me see if I'm allowed to say anything. Hold on. Let me hold on. I got I got to uh, confirm something here. Not that he's checking any sources or anything. He's just racking his I have the really title hard. of the unannounced Oh okay. I want, I just here. wanted to see what his response was to the I asked him the other day what um so I I've been messing with that Age of Empires 4 again. I just like it. I think it's great. And it just really brings me back to AoE 2, which I think is a smart thing for them. And he was one of the top dudes on that team back at Ensemble back in those days. So Age of Empires 2 is totally like Greg's baby. And um, anyway, those two feel those games feel so much alike. I I just wrote and said, "Hey, is it weird that I feel like I'm playing what you made? Like they've gone back to what you guys were envisioning." And then what he wrote was just, "Oh, I still haven't played it. I want to. Too many games right now." So 
Yeah. So well, I can, so was going through that. I would love to know. <laughs> I would love to know just because I don't know. That's to me that's fascinating. Like his his him as a designer. If you're interested in what he does, his his um you know different games he's worked on, where those things took him, like what happened to all those ensemble guys, what they're all working on now. I think that kind of stuff's fascinating. I like the lineage of video game developers. It's fun to watch. Um, anyway, we'll see. We don't know what it's going to be, but we also don't know what The Rock is going to do next. He announced he's doing another video game movie, and he hasn't said what, but he did say people have been playing it and loving it for years, him included. It's the only hint he would give. So yeah. it's uh, Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you? Somebody could Photoshop this because the character he plays in the Jungle Cruise, you could color code that green and put a little L on his hat. Yep. And I'm telling you, you could get a good look at what he would look like as Luigi. And I want to see it so bad. That'd be all right. The best Photoshop I saw. Do you guys know that Get Over It game that was made by the 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 game where you could barely run and each leg and arm was controlled by a different key on your keyboard? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Get Over one is his his follow-up where he's got like a pickaxe and a weird bowl he's sitting in or something. And and a cauldron. Yeah. Somebody Photoshopped the most amazing Photoshop of... The Rock's head in that with that dude with his axe out in a really dynamic shot. It was amazing. I don't think that's the game, but uh, I don't know what it would be. It's got to be something where someone's big and tough or something, right? That's what they do. Yeah, it's got to be someone, a jack guy. Yeah, I heard someone speculate God of War. I don't know. No, like he could do it. He's big and jacked, but I don't know if he could get the. He's too charismatic to be the rage machine that is Kratos. I think you got to get someone that can get that like deep rumbling growl when they're angry and that's not the rock no it's tilk who does his voice now uh it's uh, gotta be the guy they just gotta dye that guy from game of thrones hair um you know the one that likes the mountain uh not the mountain no 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 he's a free folk and he's got orange hair free folk. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, Get die hit take him dye his hair brown or brown or black or whatever and then he's that some that guy. Well, you'd have to yeah. shave it like and just angry, not with the goofy calm or maybe he's goofy. I didn't play God, God of War, but you know I think he would. That's in that in, he in could that maybe area. do it. He's got some insanity, especially the early games up through three. Um, I think God of War, as constituted today, is a little more of a nuanced approach. And so whether they would be doing a game that's more like that and it's just him yelling boy a lot and trying to be a better father and all that stuff. Um, I I don't know if I've said this enough on the show. I think God of War, the new God of War and the upcoming Ragnarok, I think those are miracles. A modern day video game miracles because they took the most two-dimensional smash button action character from PlayStation 2 forward that was never a nuanced experience. It was always just meant for big, schlocky, bloody fun and a cutscene where there were boobs, and then him out fighting again with giant chains with swords on him. Amazing stuff, but no one's ever going to look at it and go, ooh, a nuanced character study. These new, new games, they're completely that, and and somehow, yeah. and not only that, they're great. They're, it's Well, the first, I mean, we don't, we don't have the new one yet, but but that, that game that just came out on PC that's been on PlayStation for four years is an amazing game, and it, by right, no, it doesn't deserve... It doesn't deserve the, to have, like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like it's taking... It's made better by the legacy of the other games, too. 
Like, that's the I crazy agree. thing. Like you couldn't have that nuanced take if it was just a standalone game. You have to have the rage machine because when you get and this is the opening, so it's it's not like a spoiler or anything. No. This is literally how the game opens. But when you get that like knock at the door and you open the door and there's that scrawny like he looks like the guy from Lost that was just the scrawny little nerd. Yeah. And he like is talking trash to Kratos and then slaps him in the face. Yeah. And you're like, because you have that history with the character, you're like, this little twig just slapped Kratos <laughs> in the face. What is he doing? This is insane. Yeah. And it makes that whole segment that follows like that much cooler, like both Kratos's calming himself down reaction to it until he gets more antagonized. Yeah. And then the resulting fight and throwdown between the two of them, like that opening is so killer and it exists only because we had three games of killer rage face Kratos. hundred percent. And not only that, it's like an allegory for maturity. It's like, uh, you know, like, I don't know how to compare this, but when someone's like a teenager, it's all just, you know, re- rebellion and whatever your rebellion was, you're drinking with your friends or, you know, lying to your parents or sneaking out at night or whatever it was. That's cra- That's Kratos one through three. Four, or the new one is like, oh, he's got a kid now and they got responsibilities and life isn't just isn't just binary rage on rage off like it's such a brilliant thing and you're right it doesn't exist without the two-dimensional arcade that came before it i love that i think that is so freaking cool my daughter's playing it again so it made me think of it anyway uh the rock he'll be in a movie we don't know what he's gonna be yeah and so thus concludes we've determined he's the deer in the new god of war movie can't wait uh also, now you can buy Final Final Fantasy fourteen again. Everyone, Final Fantasy, yeah, Final Final Fantasy, Final Fufa. Final Fantasy. <laughs> that, that's a good uh, John. You're you're our expert here. What? Uh, well, we know why that happened because of all that. But they also have some tools for helping with congestion and stuff. Uh, what do we know about this? What are we doing? Yeah, so we we me I've talked about it a lot on this show as a result, but uh, it had a big resurgence in popularity, and it got. So much so that they actually stopped selling it. But things have calmed down. Things have slowed. You can actually log into the game without sitting in a lobby forever. And as a result, they are now selling the game again. Um, But they've also put up a tool for new players to check and find out which of the worlds are considered congested. So that if you aren't going to try to play with specific people and you just want a good experience, you can identify which realms are going to be a good experience for you. So they're doing everything they can to try and get people able to play the game again and uh, to not have to sit in long queues uh, like Scott. And this, and this only affected people who were trying to get in, couldn't get in the, the stopping of sales were to any new players, right? Like they, yeah, it was only brand new players. If you already existed, you could buy the expansion. Right. Um, but it was just anybody that was like, oh, I'm hearing a lot about this. I want to get in. That was all shut down. Or if you wanted to do the free trial, that was shut down. I think I actually don't know if the free trial is back or not, because mm. I know that was pulled for a while. And I I heard the sales are back, but I don't know if free trial is back as well. Interesting. Um a, a side note, this is for all my ESO friends out there. I'm actually really excited about what this is potentially. Elder Scrolls Online announced High Isle 
during their expansion. Yeah, all right. Yeah, right. The high aisles. <laughs> because I got Come high. on over. Because I got high. Chill out. Hell yeah. Uh, they you say. In the high aisles, it's always 420. You know what I'm saying? You might like this, though. The new trailer has a lot of Dark Brotherhood shit going on. And the way they described it was, hello to intrigue, goodbye to cosmic threats. So it looks like they're getting oh, down geez. and dirty. Yeah, I like this. So a new chapter Dang set to bring companions, a trade, a trading card game, and a stack of political intrigue. Um, I don't know what they mean by that game, but anyway, or the card game. The new trailer looks great. It's all rendered and beautiful like they always do. Uh, there's a some sort of piracy pirate stuff going on because there's a whole bunch of boat shit, and I, it's hard to tell this early what all that's going to mean, but I'm really excited about that. Because, you know, as you know, they got amazing, amazing Dragon. dragons in it. Yeah, really they, I mean cool. they're okay. They they're don't have great. a lot of they're personality, really but they they're, look okay. They're really good. Does it come out on four twenty? No, it comes out in June. So did they did they say you can get it or not? It's cool, man. Just do <laughs> cool, man. Do what you feel, man. I mean, basically, I guess the high aisle is a famous thing in the lore, but I don't know it. Um, but someone online was telling me that they're like, oh yeah, the high aisle. That's like. That's like finding out you're going to Morrowind or, you know, for some players, they're like really excited about what that, what that means. So uh, we'll see. That's coming in June. Um, let's see. What else? Ubisoft. Ha- oh, you guys remember uh, Hyperscape? I remember it. I never played I it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. Da- never heard of it, but I, I downloaded it. I downloaded the game. They showed it off at a couple of events. I want to say 2020 events like E3 or something. Um, I downloaded it, never got a chance to actually fire it up, just never did. It was a free-to-play, uh, their version of a Battle Royale shooter, and it didn't do very well. And they're shutting it down after two years. It was technically still in beta. And uh, I think it's hilarious that you guys hadn't heard of it before, but that probably says it all, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it sucks when people, because obviously there's always an audience for these things, lose their game don't want to make light of people that are losing something that they like uh as heroes of the storm players you know we've been through some tough times for games we like too uh but that said like oh really they also made one of those and it didn't work out Mm -hmm. weird i mean they're really trying to like everybody everyone wants to jump on these trends plenty of games have started and failed the moba gener i remember the mobas that came and went that really bummed me out the dc one was really cool and it it never even got off the ground, and uh, there were countless others. A Lord of the Rings one, I think, um, that was supposed to be okay. That got shut down. And now we're at this phase of, we've probably already been here for a while, but you're going to start hearing about the bigger names that were attempting to get their piece of this VR tri- uh, pie, and they ain't going to get no pie. Pie's gone. Pie's empty. No pie for you. No. Here's what my- is the current yeah. uh, like flash in the pan, would you say? Because, I mean, we've had, you know, Hearthstone certainly caused the stir with collectible card games. We've had MOBAs. We've had Battle Royales. Survival games, I would argue, is one of them. There was certainly a feeling of that with Blizzard's announcement of, oh, really, a survival game. Timely. You're really on the ball with that. Like, there's definitely a hot take feeling to hearing the word survival game. Um What's the what's the current version of that though? Because it what used to be. The, remember when it was MMOs? Because for a long time, it, for a long long time, it was MMOs. You just knew everybody else's MMO was going to fail, and many many did. But today, oh, chat says NFTs, and it's right and also wrong. It's both <laughs> like, right and wrong because it hasn't actually <laughs> happened yet, but it's already failed. I agree with that. I agree. 
but that's I, but, not what I meant. But, but that isn't what you meant. Yeah, true. yeah. But we agree. We agree with you. But we know that's not what John meant. So I would say something like, um, "Oh, geez. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I always felt like battle royales were destined to be a mode in everything, and everyone would stop building an entire game around it. I've never isn't understood gotcha games right now. Maybe." But the, having Wordles those ex- was also suggested. Oh, That's Wordle. Yeah, yeah, maybe Wordle. The problem is there's really one Wordle and then a bunch of ripoffs. Roguelikes, but maybe? Tr- mm. tr- no, I don't think there's anything that, that occupies the top spot at the moment. Like, like you mean, like, what genre is everyone chasing right now? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think there is one. Them? I think we're. I, I think well, we're I think between them. I think battle royales in the sense that um, Fortnite I would is say huge. it's probably the four per, four, four person co op that Destiny likes, and you know, like think of all the announcements. Like we had the Tom Clancy four person get together and shoot some vague looking aliens. You've got Fire Team. You've got Black for Blood out. You've got there's a lot of like four player co opy things and there's lots of them that are released mm. i still don't think it's like reached the pinnacle of like hype though but there are a lot of them there were a lot of them announced and a lot of them released in the past year it feels like this is a different like maybe the battle royale thing is still the one that they that we're seeing people chase that fall off everybody still wants that Fortnite money and that Fortnite you know audience and they just can't get it so maybe we're still in the middle of that Maybe we don't know what the next thing is. Everybody's going to be chasing, but when we say everybody, we kind of mean these these big. Yeah. Like, what does Activision? What does Ubisoft? What does you know Square? What what huge thing are they chasing that's not going to work out? And maybe that NFT is the right answer because it just it's it's unique in that it barely it's barely even. I mean, it is an NFT happening. because Ubisoft's getting into it. Peter Molyneux is trying to make a game. Like, it's just it's it, it doesn't it's not quite taking the same shape because the heart the cart is before the horse in this case like most of the time a big name drops or a critically acclaimed name drops and a big developer comes in and out does them as PUBG did Fortnite did with PUBG yeah um or as you could argue World of Warcraft kind of did with EQ basically yeah um you know, I don't think we're just, we don't have that. NFTs right now is the, I think that's the right answer. NFT, part, yeah. part of the problem with NFTs as a comparison, it strikes me anyway, is that they are um, not a game type. Right. It's more of a integration type. And these other things we're talking about are genres and or game types that people are chasing. So it's a little different in that way, but I still think it's kind yeah. of the same problem. It's the same it's the same level of, of overhype and the same level of corporate assumption that everybody wants them when really they're not reading the room and nobody does, at least not in the way they're talking about it. The other it. thing they're either just parroting or actually chasing is metaverse bullshit. Mm. That's the other thing. Even with the, I think, Xbox acquisition, metaverse came up in the you know discussion. So either there's something going on that we just really don't see the light on when it comes to this metaverse. I mean, everyone's like, it's second life, and they're probably right, but... Uh, like the industry, if you're like, what is what is what does the video game industry have a, a huge erection for? Um, <laughs> it is NFTs and uh, and metaverse uh, and metaverse nonsense. Even though we all hate it, they still are going after it. They seem like you know. Well, I'm convinced. Like right now, the coin, the phrase metaverse or the term metaverse is stupid and it's used wrong and it's just dumb. It's like information superhighway in '94. It's just a dumb way of describing what the internet was going to be. Um, and I'm okay with that because those come and go, but I, I did some things 
in VR in the last couple of weeks that blew my freaking mind. And I'm, and I'm, I am sure we're all headed in a direction where there is some form of a bunch of interconnected, Hey, we're all hanging out in this virtual space stuff in a really meaningful connected way. I know that's coming, whether we keep calling it this dumb name or not, who controls it the most. I don't know who has the best entry points, uh, what games matter, if games matter at all in the scenario. And they will, in my opinion, like there's so much of that unknown stuff, but there's definitely something there and everyone is chasing it. So that's probably it. That's probably it. I've kind of felt that this was coming since like Fortnite started to get big and started to go in the direction that it was going in. And actually a couple days ago, I actually saw my first concert in Fortnite because it's popular in my household. And so I went in the living room. And, I didn't uh, willingly do this. I was just I no. Yes, it. let's be clear. I didn't go attend my first Fortnite concert, but it was uh, it was the audio in the living room was very loud. Yeah, and I went to see what was going on, and I got to see uh, my first concert in Fortnite. And I'm going to be honest, it was cool. It like is cool. it's cool. The things they're doing in there is awesome. Yeah. And if I, especially if I was a kid right now, mm-hmm. like hell yes, all I would want to do is play Fortnite. It's it's amazing what they're doing to appeal to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that stuff is only going to grow. And I've, I've kind of said ever since they started doing concerts and events in Fortnite is there's going to be a day where Fortnite is not a battle Royale game. It is a like virtual hangout where people get together and just do things. And it's a portal to maybe playing a battle Royale game, but it's about so much more. And that's kind of the direction people are pushing this metaverse stuff. You're not wrong. And, uh, and I guarantee you Epic has eyes on that. I guarantee you that Microsoft's strategy of buying a bunch of developers and creating a huge ecosystem and basically an audience of subscribers and loyals that will matter more about who dominates and or makes the metaverse happen in whatever way they're going to make it happen is how many people do you have lined up ready to rock and very compelling evidence and say those Fortnite people are ahead of everybody or, you know, you could look at Roblox and say the same thing, but it that's where it'll come out of and what it will ultimately look like, look like nobody has any freaking idea, but we're all going to be way sick of it eventually the proof will be in the pudding when we actually start experiencing some of these things and are blown away by them and the headsets get smaller and they're like the size of a pair of ray-bans or something that future is one that everybody wants a piece of and we are about to witness everybody climbing up a hill and throwing each other off of it and a bunch of failures and a few successes that's all coming so probably that to answer that question i think so we'll see what happens speaking of epic and sorry, Ubisoft, about your thing. I heard it was actually okay fun, but you didn't do anything to make it really jump. So it's kind of your fault. So F off. Uh, Epic Game Store <laughs> uh, will be giving away games through 2022 as well. They are showing uh, or have made it clear that they're not they're not stopping that program. Uh, they're going to keep giving away free games. I go there every week and get the free game every week, whether I play it I or not. I forget almost every week. Whether you play them or not. <laughs> yeah, whether I play them or not. Why not? Have them on my account. I don't download them. I just go get a free thing and there it is. And sometimes they're great. Sometimes uh, <clears throat> I got those, the speaking of Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider trilogy of uh, the modern trilogy was free a few couple weeks ago. I did get those. No brainer. I got the anime looking one that was free a couple days ago. I don't know if that's still the free one today. Yeah, uh, I didn't actually check it probably week. is. Yes. It's, it was free as of today. Cause I logged into Epic today. Yeah. 
So I'll uh, do that. I try to do it every Tuesday. And then I just see. And then if it's, and then, you know, if it's something I already have on Steam, I may not bother. But even then, I usually do it. Why not? Who cares? Just do it. Yeah, if Steve, if Steve, if Steam buckles. Uh, <laughs> Steve. I just call Steam Steve. <laughs> Steve buckles. Steve is the guy who gets me my video games. You all know him. You all love him. Hey, he's, yeah. uh, he's pretty good. But then all the Steam things like Steam Link becomes Steve Link. And, uh, <laughs> yep. The, the, the de- uh, game deck or what's it called? Um, Steam Deck is Steve Deck. Oh, my gosh. Yep, Steve Deck. deck. I love it. I <laughs> love it. Gotta get that Steve Deck. I'm petitioning for a change at Valve. Change it to Steve. Anyway, sorry, you were saying before the Steve thing. Uh, I yeah, I'm the same way. Like if that if Steve suddenly goes bankrupt, um, I want to know that, you know, not the exact same library, but hey, I got some of these games over there too. I'll be fine. Like right now, the Steve Lunar Sale is on. So if you miss some of those good deals around Christmas, oh, the Steve it. Lunar Sale. Is, is oh happening. no, what a time to be broke. <laughs> uh, why do they, it feels like they're having sales more often than usual? Is it just me? feels like it's uh no it does it feels like the sales aren't as good as they used to be yeah because i logged in there insane when they first started them it was like hey what it's just 80 percent off everything don't worry about Mm -hmm. it just get some games in your library in life and now it's like percent yeah everything well 10 percent off the uh the consoles and uh the switch and, and the two consoles seem to have better deals during the holidays than i could get on my pc and i'm not used to that it's usually flipped but uh yeah, I just noticed like you'll log in and go, oh, what sale are we having now? Oh, it's the Eastern Moon of the Monkey Pajamas uh, celebration. So now Steam's got a sale. <laughs> and what do I see up top? Uh, Almost Human, uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, and some other game, all at the exact same discount as they were three weeks ago during the freaking winter sale. And then I feel like every time I log in there, they get their fancy, pretty layout with all their new colors, and then those three games up there. Yeah. I don't know what that's. Well, about. I I think they also I think it's a way that games can keep their initial release price longer. Yeah. Because I think another thing that has happened is with less space between sales, you have companies go, okay, keep the game at forty nine ninety nine or fifty nine ninety nine, and we'll just anytime there's a Steam sale, we'll knock it down twenty percent, and instead of doing a price reduction, we'll just do that, and we'll just let that be. You know, those are the places we'll lose revenue is if people buy it at that point, we won't lower the cost of it because a lot of games are staying full retail price longer now. It feels than they used to. Yeah, I agree with that. And they're just not discount. They're not cutting them as much. Maybe that's a way, you know, everyone always says, well, consoles are starting to go to 80 bucks a game, but PCs, they're staying right where they're at. Well, maybe this is how they make up the difference. You know, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird, weird business we're in. Um, Final story. I talked about this a ton on Daily Tech News Show with Tom Merritt this week, so I feel like I know way too much about what this is and why it works. Um, But I'll tell you guys about it because it's somewhat gaming-related. Windows 11, uh, in their next preview, their developer's preview, and then eventually pushed out to everybody, will support Android apps, which they've been talking about doing since 11 was announced, Um, which, in theory, you could play games on there and any other app that you may have that's an Android app. Uh, Keep in mind a couple of things. These are select apps. At the time that I last looked at this, it was like a hundred or something. They're they're talking about doing more, um, and they're only they're de- they're actually delivered through Amazon's uh, Android store, not Google Play. That could change, but that's how it is right now. Um, basically, 
it's a kind of a virtual machine sort of setup, but it's a little, it's different than that. So I don't, don't quote me as on that directly, but it's a, it's a thing that the subsystem supports. Intel chips can support it. AMD chips can support it, but basically you're create, creating a virtual machine layer on top of windows that will work like a window, you know, alt tab between things, stick them to your bars, launch them independently, search for them, that sort of stuff. And, I think that I will feel about this the way I feel about when Apple announced the M1 Max would just run iOS stuff natively. It's a really cool thing. And you hear about it and go, oh, cool. These apps I use, I can use there now. And then you go do it once or twice and you go, I'm good. I don't need to yeah. do this. Because yep. the games, the games maybe, okay, I could see a couple of cases where, I don't know, there's got to be some argument you can make for well, a weird. Wild Rift. I mean. Sure. Like I actually play Wild Rift almost every day, so I can see myself trying to get a controller, my Windows controller, yeah, hooked up to it. That's a great. Of, that is the. I couldn't think of one, so thank you because I really I've spent yeah. two days trying to give them an example on Daily Tech News Show, and I couldn't think of one. That's exactly yeah. a perfect example, and it would look good. I think they'll scale. I assume they'll let you scale, like blow them up, and still have all their functionality. I know UI integration and API integration is all there, so mouse control, keyboard access, that sort of stuff should work. Um, but it's still going to be developer-dependent whether they you know, make any of that work for their actual game or their actual app. But it does. it's just a little bit of like, a, here's a little shiny bobble, and here you go, and then no one will do it. That's how I think it'll end up. And it's fine. I mean, I I was really stoked about the iOS thing, and it works the same as this is being described. And it's fine. I have a couple of examples that I that I run on here once in a while. One's a game that Star Trek game I always told you guys about the 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 gotcha game, but that isn't doesn't cost money because it's part of Apple yeah, the Arcade. The ones I get ads for every day on Twitter. No, that's a different game. No, not that one. That's a different yeah. game. Oh, not that one. Yeah, that's the one they're trying to screw you with. The ones the one on Apple Arcade <laughs> is like this. Pared down, not pared down, but it doesn't have any microtransactions of any sort. Um, oh, I see. And you just collect, you know, your Trek characters, send them on missions. It's really one of those games again. Mm -hmm. um, and it's great because I can pop that up on my desktop, send people on missions, exit it, and all of that synced across devices. So if I check it later on my phone, whatever I did on my PC or on my Mac worked over there. That's cool. If you find something like that that you're really into, but I'm not that into it, it wouldn't kill me if it wasn't there. So it's not a draw. You're not like, oh my god, all the Android games I can check out. Let's go. No, you're just like, if no. I need it, I'm glad it's there. But like, whatever. Right, and there'll be they'll probably somebody will very quickly figure out a way to sideload stuff that isn't on the list. Um, but again, what what do you actually want to sideload on there? Like, it doesn't sound very interesting to me. So, um, I guess I'm well again emulators you can get anywhere. So yeah. So I know yeah. a lot of emulators on phones, but yeah, and emulation. a lot of them on PC too. So that's yeah. the thing you can do. That's true. I've been running, um, I've been messing around all kinds of stuff this week with RetroArch on Macs and PCs. Yeah. So I saw you, I think you took a photo of it. Where did I see it? That's like a handheld emulator box. Oh, so, so RetroArch is the software is the big open source project that goes on everything. Um, but the box I bought a little handheld I bought, it's like the size of an old Game Boy. I yeah. just forget the name. It it's upstairs. Wood. It looked cool. Oh, Ambernick is the name. Ambernick. Yeah, it's some it's Chinese like thing. Amber and Nick. Man. You should you should hear the instruction manual on that thing. It's the most poorly translated document I've ever held in my hand. But <laughs> is it like Dyson Sphere program? Yes. Hold the control button for fire. Yes. And you will go 
win. It's like that, except like six point type and really hard to read. And anyway, <laughs> so I looked up stuff online and I'm and it's great. It's a nice little emulation box that lets you take ROMs and run and anything you, you got on you're there. Playing on it, yeah. Maybe should we talk about it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. It's cool. I got um, I, I started playing. Well, it's a long story. When we get to what we play today, um, I'll I'll tell you about my journey with some of this stuff. But uh, but anyway, the point is. There's interest out there for people to port stuff from other devices to other devices and mess around. I get that. Like, there's that curiosity. And certainly, this will be a simpler um, thing for, you know, Android being a little more open in terms of sideloading and all that. You're, you're going to have an easier time pulling in things you maybe couldn't on the iOS side. But I just think it's a gimmick and it's not really that important. I could be wrong. But it didn't really take off on Chrome either. Chrome lets you play Android stuff and no one does that. So. So yeah. I, don't know. I mean, it's probably, yeah, yeah, probably we'll affects a very small people, but amount of people, but yeah, so I'm we'll like, well, I can run Wild Rift on my PC. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I probably should just play League of Legends. Yeah, there you go. They do have a PC. For some version. reason, I'm like hooked on Wild Rift. <laughs> well, it's because right, you're not two hours into a game in that game. I, I think Wild Rift's a better game. It's a tighter, better experience. So I wish it was on it PC. It just fits into my schedule. My PC time is Valheim, and my I should go to bed, but I'm playing games still time is Wild Rift. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, because it's like oh, I'm not too tired. Let's grab the phone. I'll play a ranked match. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, yeah. that's it for your news. I am excited to talk about a couple of these games I emulated this week, but we'll get to that in a minute. Before all that, though, time for a dear Martha review. Uh, this is for Devil Girl, a game you would like me not to show on stream. Yeah, don't don't show this one on stream. Devil it's not going to go well for you if you do. I'm guessing is anime. it on Steam as Devil Girl? Can I see it? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you can look at it. I'm just saying, don't show it to the stream. People got to do their own research on this if they want to see what Devil Girl looks like. Yeah. Well, sh- okay, but only if you're old, old, over 18. If you're listening and under 18, you're not allowed to see this content. Yeah, don't yeah, see it or lie about how old you are. Yeah, Those are the only options. Um, I am a little curious. Hold on, what do we? Oh have my. <laughs> She's skilled with her feet, it seems. Wait, wait. Why isn't it? All I get is a. F- you're not. You're not a, a, a over Blocked eighteen. Scott. This is. Got, we're gonna go through it again. Scott's gonna unblock adult games, and then he's gonna get recommended, and he's gonna get back on here and go, "Why are they recommending all these porn titles?" Oh, okay. I found it. And why? Oh, what is she doing to his? Okay, I'm done looking at that page. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you know you can use your feet for that? I didn't know that, and now I do, but only in cartoon world, I guess. I don't know. Um, all right, moving on. Well, they do it in real life, too. That's wonderful to know. Let's move on into this uh, the Steam review for this incredibly wholesome game, uh, Devil Girl, which will now happen, so enjoy. My dearest Martha, I present to you now my review for the video game Devil Girl. Martha... WTF is this. I have a PhD in the study and worship of demons such as culture, habitat, and other things, and I have to say I am angered by this game. I want it to be known right now as a fact that this has nothing to do with demon anything. This is made up for whatever reason, and it is very disturbing. I don't recommend this game to anyone. Someone being depressed so deeply needs to call a mental health hotline, not have a woman degrade him and think she is something hot. I think she is bleep, and if I ever 
ever see this on the side of the road, I'd kick her ass. I don't think anyone should be this rude and abusive to anyone or thing I can hear everyone now saying it is just a video game indeed and be glad it is because imagine you or your friend or so one really close to you was in this type of thing they would really need to get help, not be hurt. Please don't think I have chosen to badmouth this game because I haven't. I just want to simply put this is not what the title says and I don't condone anything in this game to be real in any way and if it ever does happen to you call for help. <laughs> Yours in this life and the next. Classified user 223. <laughs> Alright, so what that tells me is that guy doesn't ever use punctuation in his life. It's not important to him. doesn't matter to him. And uh, I want you to see this. I'm going to send it to you so you guys can see the review. Yeah, no, I I, I could tell you. I would like it recognized that I read it verbatim. Yeah, and you kept in like sub or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, Typos and everything. I could hear it. You did it all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I did it all. That's fantastic. All right. Well, don't check out that horrible, hideous game, but do check out John's wonderful review of it. Does he really have a PhD in the study and worship of demons? I mean, you know, I don't think so. I think that PhD could have gone to other places uh, that might have been better use. Yeah. Such as I, the ability look, to write with punctuation. Yeah. Like an I English have a class. PhD in the study and worship of demons. Such. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he needed to go. He needed he to don't. go to English, not to devil class. That's what I'm thinking there. I'm just All thinking, right. Yeah. Yeah. PhD yeah, anyway. stands for phony, uh, 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 phony, um, uh, uh, hot document. You like I don't that? Know, it seems like a good game. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a winner. <laughs> seems like a hell of a thing. I can't wait to get more involved this, with it. This other review uh, on the opposite end of things says, Your hand will satisfy. <laughs> Oh, this, this side of, this side of steam man everyone steve steve yeah go to steve.com steve power steve's an adult uh steve's adult aisle yeah steve's steve's workshop i don't know wait i'm trying to think of all the steam things steam hey there's the steam os we call it the steve os that's pretty good check it out you're running the steve os on your linux box everybody all right oh, god let's move on to you this here deal right here Hey, what do we got here? Video games we played this week. I had a very odd week. I had no time for, I never. I didn't see a single movie or television show or anything. I've been behind on some stuff, some projects, been working my butt off, but I did find some time for Ghosts, Ghost rather, of Tsushima on the PS5. Still enjoying the hell out of that. Um, some people ask me what my, if I, what, what cho- choice did I make at the end of the game? I'm nowhere near the end of that game. I kind of just started the damn thing. I will not just started, but I'm, you know, I'm only some hours into the thing, probably, I don't know, 10 hours, 12 hours into it. So I'm not anywhere near wherever this choice is I have to make. So don't be spoiling me on Twitter about choices. I'll get there. Don't you worry. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be kind of my main thing to kind of work through until uh, Forbidden West comes out next month, because I really want that uh, game. Oh, I think Jocelyn's in the chat. Jocelyn, how are you feeling about Forbidden West? You feeling good? Mm, Forbidden West. I know she's a fan. Uh, so there's that. Lots of fun. All good. Uh, just samurai fighting turns out real fun. Uh, that game's rad. Who knew? Samurai's cool. Yeah, it's really good. I said it before. I think I said it last week. Is If this was the year it came out, this would have been game of the year for me. I like it that much. It's very good. I would have probably, if 
if and when I get a PS5, it's going to be very high on the list of games I want to play. Yeah. Or should it come to another platform such as the personal computer? The personal computer. I would love that. I hope with a big... No, I've, Ghost is coming to PC for sure. Is it? Does that confirm? Yeah, I saw something to that effect. It's oh, coming. It'll be all on right. PC. All right, maybe sooner Probably than later. It's a God of War deal. It's, it'll be around when it's around, but it is coming to PC. Yeah, what would be good is if all of this fallout from that purchase last week might force Sony, not force them, but maybe prompt them to do quicker turnaround on PC releases. That would be nice. I do like that they're doing it, but four years is a long time, so don't do that. Um, okay, here's the, here's where it gets weird. I played The Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. It's a fantastic game. It is really good. It's a GBA game, Game Boy Advance game from 2004 or 5. Minish Cap. I've never heard of this. The Minish Cap. His um, hat is a bird. Yeah, his hat's a bird, and he can shrink you down to the size of an ant so that you can go fight among micro places. Um, it is a delightful awesome Zelda game. It's really good. And I don't know why I missed it or bounced on or not bounced, but didn't play it the first time. Um, one of my kids had it on cartridge and loved it. I don't remember who, maybe it was Taylor. She loves everything that ever comes out of uh, Zelda games, but I never played it then despite having like that cool SP that had like the, the, it looked like an old NES on the outside. I was so into that thing. I love my SP. It's like the best console, handheld console. Is that I ever on made. switch now or where is no, that? I'm playing this. So I'm, so here's, here's my justification. I'm, I'm playing this on retro arch on a PC while on a Mac, both of them. I'm sharing save files between them. Um, I'm, I'm emulating this thing on a GBA emulator and did some streaming of it today. In fact, and my justification is, uh, since we already owned that cartridge years ago, uh, whatever. Here's here I am playing. Uh, you know, I'm playing the ROM. Your justification again. was going to be, come at me, Nintendo. Yeah. I dare you. Yeah, come at me. Just I'm playing. See your how ROM. this turns out for you in a couple of years. But that game is really great. Hilariously, I'm playing it with a Series X controller right now. Um, oh, wow. It's fine. It's you know, D-pad and uh, you know, three or two. I guess no, they have four buttons on the on the on the GBA. So yeah, just the normal four buttons and it's fine. It plays, plays great. Um, I do have one, uh, you know, I have a couple of these, let's see, where is it? Got a couple of these things. They're like these cheap ripoff SNES controllers that I got on Amazon. They don't, they cost like oh, okay. 10 bucks yeah, for yeah. two of them. It's fine. Um, it's a little, whoops, it's a little mushy on the buttons. And oh, this so, is Switch's fault because they could have been way more on top of their retro catalog. Oh, I completely agree. Like, GBA stuff should be all over that Switch and it pisses me off that those games aren't. It might be my favorite era of 2D 2D uh, Nintendo stuff. I loved GBA games. Especially their anyway. first party games. Like, it's ridiculous that yeah. they just don't like here at all is. Like... <laughs> yeah. This one's weird or, or con- not controversial, but interesting because they... It's co- Capcom made this game for Nintendo. So yeah. Nintendo contracted Capcom to make it a Zelda game, but they sent their Wind Waker guy, the lead, the head of Wind Waker, over to Capcom to help them make this game. It's yeah, a weird Nintendo's thing. like retaining the, the rights on this, right? They're oh, of not course. Letting, this isn't a joint Capcom. No, no, no. This is, this is like anything it's else. They do. Work, right? Yeah, they contract it out. They do that all the time with stuff. Um, anyway, it's very good and I really like it and I'm not even that far in. I got the first shrine and the first, uh, elemental thing and, and I'm digging it. It's just good. It's looks, just good Zelda sweet. stuff. It's you go into the classic top down. 
Yep. Yeah. And it's animated. It's super cute. And, you know, you, you, I don't know. It's just good. You solve them. It's Wind Waker link too, right? Like it's kind of that art style. No, not exactly Wind Waker, but similar. It's pixelated link, but it's similar in, in certainly similar in tone for sure, which is my favorite of that series ever got. I love that look. And so it's very much like that. It's very colorful. Um, the way that you go from large link down to shrinky link and you're tiny, you're in a tiny. I hate when I got shrinky link. (laughs) I was in the pool. I got shrinky link. Um, it plays, it just is a nice, it's a beautiful, nice little thing. And I'm going to keep playing that. I really like it. Um, and I I had a fun time streaming some of that today. Donkey Kong country for the super Nintendo entertainment system, a game I owned classic best games of all time. I played and owned that game back in the day. So I justified playing that ROM today for the same reasons because I've already owned that game. I'm not going to buy it twice. So there it is. Now that game is actually on Switch. It's also on, um, well, it's part of that collection of SNES games on the on the Switch, and uh, and it's perfectly good there. Um, it's also on the uh, SNES the Classic, yeah, yeah the, the little SNES classic Classic box that you buy. It's also on there, so it's not like these. This thing's hard to come by, but I wanted to stream it, so I did it with an emulation. And that game is effing hard. Oh yeah, it's oh, yeah. really it's, hard. It's the Dark Souls of the Super Nintendo era. Kind of I mean, Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, that's a rough one, man. That's yeah. a rough one. I agree. Like, yeah, that's what makes it so good too. It's like you're so frustrated, but you're like, I'm gonna try it again. Yeah. I'm gonna try it again. It's very good. It's good. I tried. I, the minecart level took me a million years to do. But it yeah, was fun. Stuff super hard. I was swearing and cussing the whole time. Um, it really it's it's like as bad as a horror game in terms of me the way I freak out and I scream and yell and get mad at these games. But soundtrack is incredible though. Oh, it's amazing. The soundtrack's amazing. It still looks cool, even though I know these are just crappy 3D sprites converted to sprites, and but it doesn't matter. It's just rad. It's a rad series. Um, I'm more I'm probably more interested in playing the two follow-ups because I did play a lot of this back in the day. And now playing it again, I'm like, I know, I know of some of the improvements in the second two games, and I really like those improvements. So I may, I may bounce and do those, but really getting into this. Now you might say, Scott, what are you doing with these old games? What are you doing? Well, it's mostly because I got in on a roll here with this new show with with Play Retro, and we're playing all these retro games and finding better ways to play these retro games. And so there's a lot of like research going on. I got a uh, an old cabinet I'm re retrofitting to be a main machine and nice. like it's all this stuff going on. So I'm, my head has been in that world in the last week in a way that hasn't, Are hasn't like been building the, the cabinet from scratch or no. So I you told the story on that show, but it? uh, it's worth telling here. I have my dad. So my dad, when I was in junior high and early high school owned and ran multiple arcades, had uh, machines in like every pizza hut in the state, this sort of stuff. He was, this was his business. And so I grew up with arcade games and we're talking the era of like, you know, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Battlezone, Asteroids, that whole, you know, classic arcade era. And so the house was always full of these full size cabinets and they had free play on or the doors that open. You just flick the little quarter thing and get free games. All my friends would come over or people I thought were my friends would come over and, <laughs> and play. And it was, it was amazing. Um, but at one point, he started making his own stuff and working with developers in Japan, uh, Data East to be one of them. You've probably heard of them before. They were working with him directly on a couple of exclusives, a golf game and a flight game. And then the, do you guys remember this game? Um, hold on. It was a Pac-Man ripoff called Lock and Chase. Do you remember this? 
No. I, only because you told me about it. Uh, yeah, so you I, I that. That's yeah. my artwork when I was 13. Um, I, he let me do the, the marquee for it. Um, but anyway, okay. so he was manufacturing his own cabinets, his own everything, uh, you know, ordering all the CRTs, all the parts, all the pieces, the buttons, everything. And, um, and building cabinets. Now, one of, one of the ones he made early on was this sit-down cocktail model that he totally built from scratch with his own idea of how it should be built. He was really good at that sort of thing. And I ended up with one all these years later. Uh, my dad died in 2000. We didn't have most of these either. They got sold or lost in a, a storage unit or it's all very sad. But the, but the one I kept is this old wood-finished looking weird sit-down thing that he built. And in there is, I think, a Galaga or something. Um, but it doesn't work. So I'm going to tear the board out, all the power stuff, uh, and the monitor. The CRT's dead as well. Take all that stuff out of there and then refill it, fill it with my own concoction. Well, that's an awesome project. That's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm really excited. You got to like hunt down some parts and figure out what to put in it and get it up. Are you doing a CRT or are you going to do a modern? Television? I'm going to do a, a LED display. I'm not going to. First of all, CRTs are ridiculously expensive really a pain to work with like i don't want i'm not going there yeah Yeah. you should do a youtube of like when you're putting it together or something like do uh or at least a demo yeah i'm gonna i'm I'm interested to to see like the guts and all the stuff you've worked on in it the hard part for me is unlike my father i'm i'm terrible at like mechanics like i'm good at yeah we don't gotta like you know I just mean to show it off. You know yeah, what I mean? I'll definitely do that. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to show people yeah. how dumb I am though. I'll get comments that'll drive me crazy because I'm just That's not true. very smart with this stuff, but I am, I can, you know, I can follow the instructions and, and build uh, yeah. you know, I've got a working retro pie over here already that I could probably just come. Yeah. I don't mean this. like make a, here's how to build your own main cabinet. Like just, you know, like, Hey, hey guys, like hey, this is my main cabinet. Look at it. Isn't it cool? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about yeah. it. The, the one part I really want to try to preserve if I can do it is, you know how those old cocktail machines, they had joysticks and stuff on each side so two people could be there. And when you would die in, I don't know, Mooncresta or Donkey Kong or something, the screen would flip. Not not physically, but the display would invert, go the other direction, and then the player two mm. would play their run. It was a turn-based affair. Um I want to retain that, and I don't know how you freaking do it. There's probably some software someone's already done. I love those tables. Those were awesome because you could... You know, sit yeah. at the table and have a drink and mm, yeah, cigarette burns. Oh man, I mean, I never smoked, I just, but <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like I wish there were more things to do like that. Like, there's a shocking lack of computer tables in the universe, like mm-hmm. in our world today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like every coffee shop should have like a TV screen yeah. table. Like yeah. it should just be standard. Like, well, I don't, it's like you know, like we're like we can't believe it's the future. We have all this stuff. It's like that's the one that got away. Yeah, like tables with computer screens in it. It should be everywhere. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I I I feel like there's a chance here to just kind of revive a thing that has a bunch of meanings. It's got the gaming side of it, which is cool, and you know all that. But it's just yeah. this history of my dad and the stuff he made with his own hands. And he did. Did you guys ever have oh, go ahead. time traveler? Um. Arcade the hologram, game? hologram cowboy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that. I played that once at like a museum. I just thought about it randomly today. I just wonder if that. Uh, Hold on, I'm looking. The right now. closest I ever got to beating a game in uh, like an arcade game, because I don't think I ever beat, actually completed, got to an end screen an arcade game, but I got to the very end of Time Traveler. 
Seats. It's like an FMV game, but the deal was that it was a hologram instead of a screen. Yeah. Oh, here it is. 1991. I remember. We didn't have this, but I remember. This is after the crash. So this is the important okay. aspect of this. When the big video game crash, um, some people, I don't know, maybe some of our listeners have never heard of this. There was a huge bubble, bubble crash in the arcade business in 1985, 86. And when that happened, everybody lost their shirt, including my dad, lost everything. All of this stuff got put in storage, what he could keep. It didn't get, you know, it was bad. Lost the house, the home, motorhome, the boat. It was bad. It's a bad time. Um, anyway, uh, we had to be, I actually have eaten government cheese, by the way, because there was a time where we just had nothing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that, yeah, it was really that bad. That can't be good. It <laughs> wasn't good. So this is a relic of that time. And so government anything post-86, we didn't. we wouldn't have. Like we didn't, the Street Fighter era okay. never happened at our house. It all ended with whatever the game, and part of this is Nintendo's fault. The home stuff was getting amazing. Arcades were just too expensive to run. You know, your average arcade machine was three to six thousand dollars, depending on what was in there. Um, just a bit. I had to do a whole series about this because I feel I like mean, people I don't know about you guys, but in Canada, it got to a point because we have loonies where you had, you could put a whole loonie into a machine, like a whole mm. dollar. Yeah. And it's yeah. like this is a bit rich for an arcade game. Like, yeah. like I think that killed it. It's like I'm gonna drop ten bucks into an arcade machine for like twenty minutes or something. Yeah, that was the other thing. The fifty cent game change messed up a lot of people. So they tried to make certain games like a premiere experience, dungeon or um Dragon's Lair was worth your fifty cents because where are you ever gonna play a game like this again? You know, yeah. it was a weird time. Um, but yeah, Atari effed up. Everybody effed up. It was a bad time. Bally Midway, all of them. And it's all very different after that era. Like who became big. Japan suddenly really came roaring in. Um, and they had already had their, you know, they were they were responsible for Pac-Man and Donkey Kong and other stuff. But it didn't really become their business until like 89, 88, something like that. Well, anyway, you hear the that- stories internally about like what Atari was doing behind the scenes with all the money they were raking in. And yeah. it, it sounds like, you know, you put the wrong people in charge of the business yeah. at a certain point and they yeah. just led that all to a bad place. It's pretty You're saying all that makes me feel bad. Like, cause I have actually have, there's a arcade, like, literally five minutes from my house that I never go to it has a bunch of pinball machines. And I'm like, I should go to that arcade. Yeah, but they still, I don't so, know if it's still open because of the pandemic, but like there's literally a room filled with pinball machines and arcade games in a modern, there. in a modern sense, there's a lot of resurgence, obviously like it's like records or anything else. You, you end up with a following that makes it its own special business instead of the, the crashing yeah. one that it was part of before. So, these nickel cades where I live there, they call them, I'm sure these exist everywhere, but here they call them the nickel cade. And there's just, just like a bunch of arcades around town that you go in and you literally just put nickels in. And that means joust. That means, you know, all the great arcade games are just a nickel. Um, you have a minimum, you go in there and you pay like five bucks just to go in, but you spend all five of that on games. So it's five bucks worth of nickels. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Like it's, it's a great, incarnation of what it used to be um but i don't think we're ever getting back to that day where it's like look they just rolled in the new mortal Kombat version of three or they upgraded the board for tekken or you know it's like a weird is there, there's a weird era there where home just destroyed arcade and we can't do it with vr because everyone's gonna get covid now <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, you can't know, share those headsets they're, they're like if if you could get a really premier experience with VR headsets, I'd pay to just go it rather than buy the full box, but now I wouldn't. Oh yeah. Hell no. Uh, Dunaway, by the way, Brian Dunaway, my co-host on play retro, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, he, yeah. 
has it set up in VR. So he's playing RetroArch as a as the emulation layer in a thing called VRMEMU. So VR EMU or whatever. I don't know if you're supposed to pronounce it. Uh, so it's he hangs out in a virtual world and plays the arcade. Yeah. Machine, so he's right? got an arcade in his in his virtual room, and they're like photo perfect recreations of let's say joust. Okay. So it's a joust machine with the header and the side and the lights, and it's like a photorealistic place. And you walk up and you put fake quarters into the thing, and it makes the sound, and you grab the joysticks in VR and start moving and playing and, and it's playable and you and you look around as if you're in an arcade and there's other shit going on and sounds and stuff that's really cool like uh, there's there's probably never been a better time to be into retro because you can also do a lot of weird shit in modern ways with your retro stuff and that's what he's done like look at this does this remind you of being a kid here let me play this I mean that's how that's how my dad's arcade sounded when I was a kid exactly like this you know, and you just hear, I can hear all these old games I used to spend uh, so yeah. much time with. I, I used to basically live in a place called Fun City, and it was <laughs> uh, it was basically a multi-purpose, like it was a big old playground play gym indoors, you know, the little tunnels basically turned little kids into hamsters yeah. kind of deal. It was that, a bunch of inflatable houses inside, so then there was a whole section where you could do birthday parties, but then there was also a massive uh, video game arcade uh, collection that you could you could play, and it just sounded like that all the time. Yeah. And I lived there, and it was like, okay, today I'm going to be in the, the playground area, and then the next day, okay, I'm going to spend my whole day in the arcade, and... You know, it was it was incredible. Like yeah. that that was awesome. I actually feel bad that my son will never probably go to a place like that because they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Fun City doesn't exist anymore. It was right next to Video City, which is where I rented all my games that I brought home. Another experience that's just not really gonna happen. But ah, that was great. That was a great way to grow up. I yep, I agree. We had uh, someone in the chat looks like a Utah because we had the tilt. We had Aladdin's Castle. Um, we used to go, I, so when, even, even when my kids were little, this arcade thing is not, you know, it's over. Um, but we took them to these nickelcades all the time to just give them that experience. And they all loved it. In fact, we usually, this is the, I'm not, this is not meant to me, me being a, I'm not trying to be all maudlin here, but my dad's, uh, birthday when it rolls around or Memorial day, either one. All my fuddy-duddy family, they all go to the gravesite and just look sad. We go to an arcade and play games. Because I am 100% sure my dad would approve of that. He would love that, that we did that. So we take them all to the arcade and still do it. Like, to this day, it's a tradition. On Memorial Day, we go to an arcade and we play a bunch of old shit my dad would have had in his arcade. And I, I feel like I'm, I, I have a way closer experience with my deceased father there than I do at some, you know... You don't try to do that for a living because it's like what you're doing, right? Like if you're a plumber, you're not celebrating your dad's plumbing by going to No, (laughs) no, no. You know, like you're in, if you're probably passionate about video games, I think it's cool. So, you know, if you're trying to earn a living at it, then you have a passion for it probably. Yeah, he loved it. And when it all crashed around him, it was really sad because he never quite recovered from that. But uh, at the time, I was the coolest kid in school, even though none of them are my real friends. There's no way. I had maybe one or two good friends. Everybody else was leeching on me to play my freaking Pac-Man in the basement. It's bastards. Anyway. Games had a way 
I mean, I definitely ingratiated myself with people to try their PlayStation games more than maybe. Especially when you're a kid. Person, but he's got a PlayStation. Let's go. <laughs> I that too. Yeah. There's, there's a kid I absolutely could not stand and uh, did not speak well of him in private company, but was very nice to him in person because he would let my best friend, because he actually, they were actually friends borrow his playstation and if i was nice enough it would be okay for him to then bring the playstation over to my house when we hung out and that's how i got to play resident evil 2 for the first time nice had to be nice to this kid i couldn't stand yeah but look at your lifelong fandom of that game now you love that game true yeah it's true uh the only thing he wouldn't let me do is he wouldn't let us have a memory card so anytime i played resident evil 2 it had to be uh like a a one life run of the mm, game mm. because if we died, you just had to start all the way back over. We couldn't save the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, my dad's company was called American amusement for those that someone asked in the chat. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an okay name. I don't know. It worked fine for what we were doing, but I remember at the time uh, thing. It was of the era, right. I mean, we didn't have, you know, it's American amusement. And we had yeah. we had a we had a cool warehouse full of this stuff, you know, buttons for miles, uh, joysticks laying around everywhere. Like it's a weird thing as you're when you're a kid to just be that surrounded by gaming, and people mm-hmm. wonder why I'm so like at this stage so still obsessed with it. It's because this is where I grew up, man. It's your lifeblood. Yeah, and you wonder why. By the way, I kind of an arcade brain because people always say, "Well, Scott, you jump around from game to game to game." Bo will get in and play a game until he's beaten the whole thing and 100 percent of it, or you just really hunker down into whatever game he's playing, Valheim, Wild Rift, whatever. And I'll go bump, 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 bump. And I think it's that arcade upbringing because that's what you did. You were always like, oh, this right. is cool. But then that's also cool. I'm going to go do that. Oh, that's really cool too. Oh, look at this one over here. That's really cool. It's not that I can't do long form. It's just that's the way you sampled it back then. So yeah. I don't know. Well, and that, that is what they are now. They are just amusements for our pleasure. There's no reason to look at any game's offering that says, like, here's 100 hours of gameplay and be like, I have to do that or not. Like, you could totally just be like, let me try this for two hours. Let me try this for 10 minutes. Yeah. It's a perfect, you know, it, it is what it is. It's diversion, right? So Sure. But it's yeah. fun. It's a kind of diversion that just, I don't know, just passionate about it. Like, it just feels like part of my bones, like part of my DNA in a way that, I don't know. I'm right now. I'm having just a little bit of a moment with it, with all this emulation and dinking around with different tools and looking at game preservation in general as kind of a, an overall concept. And archive.org is like saving all. They have a whole Genesis section. You can just go play Genesis games on archive.org. And um, you know, there's a lot of stuff on archive archive.org. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's a ton tons of emu games on there. We were talking. Crofton was talking about Jones in the Fast Lane. Yeah. He's like, I used to play this game called Jones in the Fast Lane. I'm like, it's probably on archive.org. Like, why don't you go? He's like, what? And it's like, it's just there, it just runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a crappy board game. But, you know, back in the day, I guess it was really good or something. Yeah. So. They, and they want to preserve that because who else will remember those things? I really like that. I, I give money to them. I don't give them a lot, but every year I try to give a little bit of money to archive and a little bit of money to um, Wikipedia because as much as it's fun to make fun of Wikipedia, I think it's like, the most thing most visited thing i do <laughs> i'm always on there deep diving on something so anyway uh enough about me and my nostalgic childhood let's jump over to john who i you've cracked open guardians of the galaxy marvel's guardians of the galaxy 
I did. So uh, real quick, I'll just say I'm about to finish Final Fantasy V, wrapping that up. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, probably going to be the last week that that's on the list. Um, pretty solid game. Uh, it's got some problems. It's not going to end up being one of my favorites, but I, I enjoyed it. The La- last week, really it sounded good. like this was going to be the end all be all. Like mechanically, you were loving it and not, not so yeah, much now. And no, mechanically, it's still really good. It's got a lot of grinding, which I don't mind. Like... If I was a kid and you gave me this game, I would think this is probably one of the greatest games ever made because it has that like value to a kid where it's like, oh, I'm going to get a lot of replayability out of this and I'm going to experiment with it and try a whole bunch of things. Yeah. As an adult in the Internet era where I can just look up, hey, what's the what's the best thing to do? Um, it's it's maybe not as interesting in that way, but uh it the story is kind of generic like you kind of got a bad guy that's just like i like to kill people and like that's kind of his main drive he's like what what if i just killed everybody you're like okay and he's like surprise i'm a tree i'm i'm gonna kill everybody like that's kind of his deal he's a tree and he wants to kill people that's Mm. it Mm. um so storyline wise it's not really doing a lot for me but the writing is sometimes really funny and a lot of the the art in it is good and uh, music's really solid. The gameplay systems are really good. It just doesn't quite reach the the same heights as everything else that uh, I, I've played in the other Final Fantasies. So, I mean, it's better than two. It's probably better than one, but I don't think I'm going to put it above three or four. Um, but I have been enjoying it, and um, I'm wrapping up kind of the last little bit of side quest before you do the big gauntlet run up to the, the main bad guy. Mm. Um, but with that out of the way, yes, I finally decided to try Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, a game that I complained a lot about, despite Scott's assurances uh, that it was good. I did, because I thought the, the banter between them was annoying as hell. Yeah. Uh, in all the previews, I was like, I don't want to play this. This seems like it's going to bug the shit out of me. Yeah. And uh, I I will say this. It's a little of both. I can see why people like that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there is a lot of heart there that kind of like what you talked about, Scott. It's not just it's not always going to just be people taking pot shots at each other mm-hmm. like that. There is going to be some emotion behind it. Mm hmm. But that said, these characters need to seriously shut up. <laughs> they need like, to dial it back. I, yeah. they, there needs <laughs> to be 40% less dialogue while you are playing that game. It is shockingly like overloaded with them doing dialogue. And I actually think it's a real shame, not just because it bugs me, yeah. but because there are times where the game is legitimately funny. Like There's a moment where you come to a fork in the road and Rocket goes... Hey, Quill, we got to go this way. Uh, that way's a dead end. And you being like a collector of items and wanting to find all the hidden treasures, you, of course, take the way that he just said was a dead end. And you get to the end and there's nothing there. And Rocket goes, congratulations, you discovered exactly what I told you, that there was nothing there. Mm. So you turn around to come back and he goes, that's right. Walk of shame, buddy. Walk of shame <laughs> as you're going back. That's legitimately funny. Yeah. But it gets so lost in this sea of just unending like jabs at each other where I'm I'm training myself to tune them out because they don't ever stop. And I think that as much as I could go on about it, I want to give my wife's take on this because oh. she was trying to work while I played this. Oh game. no. All right. And 
she knew that I was doing it for core. She knew that this was the the baby nap window was the only time that I had to play the game. So she let me do it. But when I was done, she goes, that is the most annoying game you have ever played in the history of me watching you play games. She said, I feel like that was like listening to the children be here bickering nonstop. She said, please do not ever play that game again if I'm in the room. She said, working or not, wow. I don't want to be in the room while that game's going. Wow. That is one of the and best reviews we've ever had yeah. on the show. <laughs> so, wow. I wanted to put a little more time in it because I didn't get a ton of time. And I wanted to get a little further before the show. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to be in the office. I'm going to play a little bit. And she came in during a cutscene. Uh, you know, pretty early on in the game, you get arrested and there's this cut scene between you and this, this lady that Peter knows and all of that. And my wife sits there and she watches it and she's laughing at the jokes and she's watching the whole thing. And she needs, she has places she needs to go. She's still watching it. And she goes, she goes, nice. And she kind of walks away. And I said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you just told me that this was the most annoying game you ever heard. And you, you just stayed longer to watch it yeah. and she goes yeah because it was a nice cut scene i wasn't listening to people bitch at each other for hours and yeah. then she walked away <laughs> so that's my review of guardians of the galaxy it's a very nice game when it's not just a bunch of people bitching at each other for hours it's a fair point i think that um uh, i had the weird experience of actually liking the characters more in this than i do in the movie and i know that's sacrosanct to some people but i i like the portrayal here a little better um, with the exception of maybe, what's her name? Uh, I can't think of her name. Gamora. Gamora, yeah. Gamora is not good. No, I, she's I, not great. She's unfortunate right now. She kind of, she kind of bugs me every yeah. time she has talked. I don't like her in her current comic adaptation either, which is kind of what this is. It's just not my jam. But uh, the for the most Looks part, I like all the characters, and I like um, the 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 big major cutscenes where you go back in time to when he's a kid. Uh, both the intro and then later there's a really significant one. You may not have gotten to that yet. No, um, I'm only just to the basically the cutscene I mentioned where it's pretty early when you get to the prison. Okay, yeah. So uh, this this is later on. And I think that stuff stacks and gets makes it better and better. Um, and I'm not done with the game. And I this is making me want to get right back in. But the... The, that stuff goes in places I thought was really heartfelt and good, and I think it deserves the writing awards that it's getting, the Game Awards Game and Award. It got some others in other places. Um, I think that stuff's really good in here. And like it made me feel sentimental about an old Chewbacca Star Wars figure. Yeah, like and yeah. and it's moments like that that are so good, and it it makes me that much more frustrated with. It's not that the moments are bad; it's just that they put too many of them in. Because I'm not exaggerating when I say at least on that initial mission, but I think it does carry forward. They don't stop talking. There's never a moment where they stop. The only relief you get is there are a point where Drax and Gamora are busy and Groot gets separated from you and it's just you and Rocket. Yeah. And I was like, okay, at least it's just <laughs> two people talking yeah. instead of. Yeah. All of them talking, which is an extra problem. Like, I actually think Groot might be part of the problem because they make him just as chatty as everybody else. Yeah. But the problem with Groot is you have to get the I am Groot and then you have to get Rocket going. 
No, we don't know where we can find any anti-grav emitters. What are you asking for? It's like you got to get the Groot line and then Rocket has to summarize what Groot just said and then react to it on top of it. And it just never, it never ends. That entire first stage, (laughs) they talk through the entire thing. It's a lot. And it's, it's just not. It's too, it's too much. But I know you're saying you're, I know you're you're fun. saying it's bad. But when you say it, I just feel like oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> no matter how badly you put it, my brain yeah. is still like no, it seems sweet. Because I'll sure agree. Right. I'll, like, I'll I, agree I that they talk a lot, but I don't. I I don't hate it. I kind of like it. I mean, I, I, it's very chatty, but it's I don't know. I feel like they for the most part they earn it, and the more you go, the further you get, the more it's earned. But that's I like, guess it's like I, Gears of War, like, like get the f down, Dom. Yeah, like that, you know, there's a second no, line is get a, the f out of the way. <laughs> no, it's not that. Like, I think the problem is, is that it is the early banter is exactly that. Like, it's your typical Marvel flair banter. Someone says something, somebody have a, has a smart ass quip to go along with it. Then someone justifies why they say it. Then they bite back. Then they bite back. But you had to go around the entire table of guardians to hear everybody's take on it. So like there's a part where Peter falls and then Rocket's like, oh, my gosh, Quill just fell. I wonder if he's dead. I am Groot. I don't know, Groot. Maybe he broke his neck. And then you got Drax like, what happened to Quill? Oh, he fell down a hole. And then Gamora's like, is he okay? And he's like, I don't know. He's not moving. His neck might be broken. And then he then Rocket looks at Quill. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I just found this thing here. He says he's okay. Like, it's just so it goes too long. Mm-hmm. And like, there's funny moments and funny jokes in there that you could absolutely hit. But it gets lost in the shuffle. And uh just saying they could, they could have said as much with fewer lines, basically. Yeah, not everybody needs to have their have their moment. Like you can you can lessen it a little bit. And mm. I think the game is legitimately funny at times. I think the writing is is legitimately very good. And I would agree with Scott. I actually think the character the takes on the characters in this game are really good. I've never been a big Star Lord fan, but I actually kind of like him in this game. Yeah. Uh, Rocket I, is basically the same rocket as the movie but maybe a little more emotionally charged and heartfelt yeah groot is groot drax is basically drax the only one i think doesn't do well is uh gamora who is unfortunately just a little i don't know she's just there's a mean edge to the things she says in the comments like that is missing some of the softness that's behind like, yeah, rockets like, ah, I don't know. Quill just died, but you know, he's joking around and having a good time. If Gamora said that, I'd kind of be like, Oh, I think she yeah. thinks I'm dead. Yeah. She's kind of just a, I mean, again, she's very much like this in the comics. Some people complain in the movie that she was too nice. And you know, I, I just think I prefer her nicer. I'm, whatever it is what it is. But I just think it builds in a way that you would like it more and more. Like, I don't think you're far enough to, to, uh, everyone can tell you this, right? Oh, you're not far enough. You got to watch more of the movie. You got to see more episodes of the show. You're not enjoying. Yeah, maybe, maybe if you play it a bit longer, you'd be like, Oh, I see why it's like this. And actually it's super awesome. That's and I'm going to find out like, here's the thing. As much as I'm complaining about how much they talk and it's a lot, but <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing. Uh, it's, 
the the good stuff is good enough to keep me playing. I also think the game has some control issues. I kind of don't think it plays the best. Like they do a flying segment pretty early in the game, and I was like, "Am I actually controlling this ship, or am I not? What's going on?" Oh, that little uh, yeah, it's kind of on rails. That's a weird se- it, sequence. It felt really bad. Um, yeah. The way you shoot the guns as as Peter feels really really weird. I think it'll ultimately feel fine once all the mechanics and stuff are in place, but. It's, uh, you know, it plays like a third person shooter game. So you would think, okay, well, I pull left stick to aim, right stick to shoot. And what it is, is it's just, no, you press and hold right stick to shoot. There Mm -hmm. is no just tapping it. Mm -hmm. You have to hold it and you don't ever aim it. Left trigger just becomes a lock on when you're in combat. I don't like how it feels. But the that stuff sounds that it weird. does, it, it is weird. weird. It's, it's a little weird. It's very weird. Yeah, I got used to it and didn't mind it, but it took me a bit to get used to that. But I, I do think that the game in general, though, is good enough. The soundtrack's awesome. Like, yeah, it's great. Things right? I like about that game. Soundtrack's phenomenal. It does look really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised at how good I think it looks because the, the early stuff I saw of it, I remember thinking like, oh, I don't kind of don't like how any of this looks, but it all comes together in motion and actually looks pretty decent. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like it enough to where I'm going to give it a shot and I'm going to keep going through it. I'm not so sick of them talking that I don't want to ever hear them talk again. But I will say that if you're like me and you watch those initial previews and you went, boy, that's a lot. My opinion on that has not changed. I just think that the quality of product around it might be enough to where it doesn't ruin it completely. I think that's fair. The someone a B sorry, Bill's above in the chat made the comment that as much chatter as there is, you never hear repeats. Like and yes. I I can't and think of impressive. it. Yeah, you never hear him say anything twice. Uh and I have yet as far I'm I'm further in than you and I never heard I've never heard any of the jokes come hap, happen twice. I've never heard him say anything twice. And that in its own right is kind of crazy. Because most games have lots, tons of repeated dialogue, right? And I'm just, I don't get that in this game. Here's a, here's an example I think of where like an obvious place you can make a cut. Yes, it was different dialogue each time, but there's a section where there's a kid escorting you through a place and you're handcuffed. Oh yeah. And you're supposed to be following her because technically you're her prisoner. Yeah. Um, And if you go off and explore on your own, every single time you do it, you get a different dialogue and I, I guess I'm happier that it's a different recording and not like a canned line on repeat mm-hmm. where she's like, hey, you're the prisoner. You're supposed to be doing what I tell you to. Don't go off and explore. And then Peter comes up with some reason why it's OK that he's doing that. And it's cool that it's unique each time. But the fact that the game feels the need to do it, you know, all six or seven times you do in that sec in that section of her pointing out that you shouldn't be doing this was it's too much Mm. it's the same joke every single time even if it's different dialogue yeah that's true i don't know how many how many times they planned for for that but i had to happen a lot because i was always looking for that trash you're supposed to pick up not trash but uh whatever the hell scrap the scrap yeah and then there was a there was a hidden costume that's the other thing is like the costume thing is really cool like i immediately put peter in a different outfit because i do not like the the movie inspired look that they went with for him uh, so I put him in something more comic booky, but like I got the movie version of Groot almost right away in the game. I got a really awful costume for Star Lord pretty early on, and you just 
you put it on, it gets integrated into the cutscenes. Like I really like the way they do alternate costumes in the game too. Yeah, the tech's great. This this Deus Ex team, Bo, hopefully is working on that next. And if they can carry over some of the tech uh, improvements that this game has, like just visuals and stuff, that would be awesome. I'm ready for a new. Yeah. A uh, new one of those, anyway. But. Always, always ready for new Deus Ex. Yeah, they could release one every week, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'd be ready for that right now. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're having an, at least a good enough time to to maybe keep pushing through. I need to get back to, to that game. Uh, Bo, still playing the the Valheim and the Wild Rift and the whatnot. Yep, same games on rotation. Yeah. So, what's the PC you know, part picker? What's this? Is this a game or is this something you're doing? It's not a game, but uh, I've been starting. I've been going pretty nose deep. It's funny that you're building a cabinet, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to build my own PC at this Ooh. point. So I discovered PCPartPicker.com, which is a really nice place to just shop and understand. So I haven't built a PC in a while, so I've been doing some re-education on uh, parts and how they all operate, and you know. Blah blah blah. It's you know been a while, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like this game where you just like I'm building PCs on PC Part Picker, and I'm like, do I go with a 10th gen Intel, and what are the parts that work with the 10th gen Intel? And there's like you know solid states and NVMEs to consider now, and what are the sockets and and board types? And I'm like, maybe not that, you know, maybe this. And then I you know making the the dude 12th gen Intel chips are interesting with the extra eight E cores, mm-hmm. some different kind of core for simultaneous. Pro- and I'm like, hmm, maybe one of these. And then you're playing around with price. And of course, like I could, I have a 1050 TI, which is a terrible card, but it's at least in the realm of current gen. It's probably on the the back end of compatibility or support. Sure. But like if I can build a PC around the graphics card, just use the one that I have now at least and kind of swap that out last or something like that, or just try and put my feelers out. I'm like, I, I need. I'm operating on an i7 that it's like a 4,000. It's like a fourth gen i7. We're up to like the 12th gen Intels and it's like a fourth gen Intel or third gen i7. Mm. So it's like, anyways, it's been a while and I'm trying to get myself edumacated. So I, I never knew about this site before and this site's a great little way to, um, I haven't either. It's the first time I've heard of it. That's really you know, cool. I've been, I've been watching like Jay's two cents and Linus tech tips and some other, YouTube content creators. Also, it's a big thing where you can kind of find out about parts on videos. Mm-hmm. But um, I, f- I discovered that, and it's just kind of my favorite. It's kind of become a pastime where I just hang out on the site and and just build and shop for parts and stuff. And I'm like, hmm. So I like that they've given you. That's this- why I put it in my list of games because I'm like, it's kind of just a game I'm playing where I'm just building. Uh, they give you parts. the they give you an updated list of all the cheapest, not cheapest, best prices and places to get the components. Um, the video card. Does that mean Amazon's got them in stock? Oh my gosh, that's twenty six hundred dollars yeah, of this price. So, some of those video cards on Amazon, you just going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. So the cheapest cards that were in stock. So I think you got to join a queue to get a better deal, or maybe know someone. The cheapest cards in Canadian prices for anything two thousand and above, mm-hmm. like like Nvidia twenty hundred or the Ryzen equivalents, are all thousand dollars and higher. Damn, dude like a thousand dollars for the gpu and i'm like man come on dude like i want to build a new pc i might not even go 12th gen i'm i'm figuring i might try to go i9s are kind of reasonably priced 10th gen even yeah and ddr4 is really cheap so i could like just make a, a decadent ass computer for the same price as i could just barely get over the hump on a 12th gen yeah slap a nice video card on it so i'm just like you know i'm like i'm comparing and like deciding what i want because i'm like i'm gonna start 
dropping money. I'm just going to start buying parts, I figure, yeah. at this point, and slowly uh, migrate what I can, you know, like I said, the 1050 and all that to the new system. So, anyways, I just discovered the site, and it's this, it's this fun hobby of mine now to just hang out and PC part picker. Nice. And, you know, pick my parts. That's nice. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. So, that's cool. That's a cool resource. So I'll have to use the and they and chat room it's uh, pcpartpicker.com if you uh if yeah. you didn't if you missed it Sweet little pretty red yeah. um, also yeah. by the way just on the news side of things this is mainly for John's benefits I know he likes Final Fantasy 14 but Wild Rift released one of my one of the coolest looking characters so I'm not big on cat boys What's a cat boy? Um, oh, because they're like you know cat boys. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but there is a really cool cat boy here uh, champion in League of Legends called his name Set S E T T, and so basically he's a cat boy with a strong bod. But what's great about him is that he's also a crime lord and a wrestler. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and so his deal is he power bombs people and he doesn't have weapons. He just has fists and he's he's a wrestler, but he's okay. a cat boy. And I'm like, it's my favorite. I'm not big on cat boys. I could do with cat boys and, and girls and pretty much any game I play. But this this idea of a, of a wrestler cat boy is actually really awesome. So there he is. So, uh, I just put it up on screen, John. Sorry. I sent you the link in Discord. That's your cat boy, and that's set. Oh, nice. Yeah, not like King from Tech, and he doesn't actually have like a head that's a lion. He's just got the cat ears. Yeah. And a fancy wrestler, you know, fancy like fantasy style wrestling outfit, you know, with, with, with very gaudy. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Set as a man. That's actually not a great drawing of him. <laughs> I agree. But, um, <laughs> I don't love it. I don't there, there's a, there's a there's really good key art. Life trying to make things that appealed simply to me, but, but there's, there's really good key art of him in the game though, and of course his in-game character model is pretty sweet. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He is a he has a skin that's a Robo Butler. Yeah, uh, I don't know about any of what you're showing there. <laughs> I don't either. That's according yeah. to this. I don't know. I skins, but, but yeah, he's know. a crime. He's a crime lord. Yeah, those are like his concept arts for his thing. Yeah. But it's just that it also he's a crime lord. He's a cat boy, but also he's Jabba the Hutt and a wrestler. He's also a wrestler. <laughs> uh, you know, good. Hate him. He's just sweet. You know, I have my next D character uh, ready now. Right? Like it's kind of awesome. Like I would play a rest, a cat boy wrestler crime lord. D&D. What's his crime um? Lord. What's his lane or what's his role? What's he do? Um, I'm not sure. I, I think I've been seeing him played. I've seen him played as support in professional league play a long time ago. I don't know if that's still an applicable lane for him, mm. um, but I've seen him in top lane um, in my ranked matches so far. He's only been in the game two days. I've seen him in a lot of top lane. It's where the cat boys belong. Top lane. Or they yo. call it solo lane or maybe baron lane. Mm. In, Baron Lane. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a lot the of fun. Top laner, basically. Well, there you go. Look out for Bo and his gold level cat boy. Yeah, I, I don't have him. I, I played I play uh duo lane. I'm 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 a, I'm a carry. Yeah. You like you've always been a good carry, right? That's kind of yeah, your yeah. thing. I'm playing Ezreal. Have you played any Ezreal in Wild No, Rift? no. Is he good? Is yeah, he's pretty fun. Yeah. He tells, he's like he's like a zero tool and Raynor mixed together. He teleports but then shoots. Oh, that's cool. And and has a big laser thing and he says i don't know he's just like he's a very handsome boy he's, <laughs> like one of his skins is like it ain't easy being this handsome it's kind of a curse oh, <laughs> it's <geez>. like <laughs> and you know as easy as for ezreal like because his first two letters is easy and that's also a taunt you know mm. say like it's easy to kill you it's easy wow yeah, he's pretty obnoxious i like him that's fantastic uh well all right well done everybody Hey, we're going to play a mashup. Jamie made a mashup that makes me nervous. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. It's called uh, uh, The Blacks. And I don't remember where this came from or what the conversation was. I really hope it's that curb convo, but I really don't know. We may not make it to episode 300, everyone. I really don't know what this is. So hopefully, I guess, hold on to your butts. Here it is. Uh, thank you again, Jamie, for this. Get your lazy ass up off my couch. Get your lazy ass out. Get your lazy butt off my couch. Get you know, up off my couch. Really missed your calling. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> So, master, my guy's name is Teddy Thunderhose. Or, sorry. Teddy sorry. Thunderhose. <laughs> I like it. They nail a thing to one of those little freaking bug monster cats in the game. What are those called? Momobos or Bobobos? Mon Bobos? Oh, are you talking about Moogles? Moogles, that's it. Don't Google it. Gaggle it. <laughs> gaggle it? What would Gaggle do? What would be their dis- differentiator between these? Hey, teams? Google, who's gaggling now? There's no content filtering. It's just, just it's porn. Just all porn. Gag porn. People gagging each other oh man it's, dark. <laughs> it's like homer and, just gifts of homer and bart i assume that's a thing right people because gag balls and stuff fat japanese guy with 100 hand slaps what's his name uh, Jim Bob. e-honda e-honda there you go electronic honda it's the new wave of cars yeah. coming soon <laughs> you guys are the perfect receiving end of when i say a bunch of dumb shit yeah, sorry. Like, i should wait till you finish before you laugh I just... <laughs> i'm the pitcher you're the catcher no, that's not what <laughs> we're the receiving end you need some more time to gag down your gaggle no, we, you can, you can... <laughs> yes i need more time to gag down my gaggle thanks yeah. god <laughs> ignore the herpy on my forehead <laughs> <laughs> <The herpy. laughs> don't hit me there it hurts you know there's a that's thing that's called it. blush you could maybe cover that up sir don't hit me it's no, my herpy this herpy is the source of all of my power <laughs> the time silver surfer put his ween in the hole in the wall and changed everything like, whatever ah oh, it was so good it was oh the old hole in the wall uh, the old ween. ween in the hole in the wall from Sil- silver surfer's ween all over your face what is Bo doing <laughs> I don't oh know. my gosh. gosh that was awesome uh, I'm screwing around with zoom I, I was mean suddenly inside Bo and it just you know yeah we were inside shorts it seemed weird inside, inside shorts. shorts it's the name of my new podcast yeah I'm excited every week a new person I get inside of oh wow you pen- gets inside of me you penetrate a new person each week. That's fantastic. Well, Shepard, my sword is a penis. Uh, they don't do that. Oh, my penis is a sword, you mean. My bad. Yeah, my- <laughs> <laughs> I had to correct you there. You know, it's important. My sword is a penis. Everyone always says, oh, the blacks on this TV are incredible because they are. Oh. It eliminates any of that oh, gray. I owe I a lot of friends apologies because I called <laughs> a lot of people racist. Wakanda forever. May, may not have been quite saying what I thought they were. Oh, well now, see, now you know and you can do better moving down the road you'll be fine <laughs> oh Bo made it worse by saying Wakanda forever at the end of that somehow did I say it then I don't even trust TMS mashups maybe he edited that from another part I said Wakanda forever you're right actually you're smart to wonder because he can maybe he not but I don't know I can't just I can't know for sure there's so much in there that I don't remember any of us saying he does fool about with that stuff sometimes. I love these Jamie thank about. you for that as usual uh, he says he's got a real humdinger for next week uh, as well. So watch for that coming up soon. Time for a couple of quick emails. That's a good question. I got one here. Uh, talk to the court. Gmail.com is the uh, email address you want to use. Joshua wrote in, says, good day, Scott, John and Bo. I assume he's from the down under there. Says with the ABK buyout, do you think Microsoft Xbox will go back and Titan Forge Warcraft three reforged into what it was originally meant to be? 
No, I don't, Joshua. <laughs> no. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Do I wish they would? Yes. Do I think they will? No. Yeah, I, I don't. Why would? I mean, because you could also say, that's, do you think they'll go back and... Crux. Yeah, why exactly. Exactly. Or why would they go, you know, say, oh, I'm going to help you with Man Crick's wife all these years or whatever. Like, you're not going to go back and fix old things that are kind of passed on. Like, no one cares now. They're all, I mean, people are still a little mad about reforts, but, you know, you're not. I'm definitely still mad. Yeah, I'm, I, I am too. I don't. That BlizzCon was such a downer. And the one thing I walked away from it going was, man, but Warcraft 3 Reforged was really awesome. Yeah. And I can't wait to play it. And I bought, I pre ordered it. Yeah. And I was so burned by it. And they didn't <laughs> tell us. Like, that's the thing is, it's like, it's one thing, like, it's one thing to, to, you know, have them come out there and go, well, you guys, it's not going to be what you think. But like, they really kept that one secret. Yeah, they did. And when they showed it, I'm, I'm with you in 2018, I, the opening ceremonies, that was the year, right? Yeah. 2018. I remember thinking, Oh, well that, you know what? I think I'm actually walking out of here thinking that reforged is the game I'm most excited about. Weirdly. Because nothing else was, nothing was new. They didn't announce Diablo four. Nobody was excited about immortal. It was just like a weird introduction to the to the week, but that game stood out. And the redone scene with like the whole scourge, not scourge, the um, the this culling of Stratholme stuff, all reanimated and redone. I was like, man, they're gonna do this to this game. It's gonna be incredible. They didn't even keep the scene they showed in there. No, yeah. it's gone. no, the one they had done. They, it could have been a weird outlier, but you can tell somebody sat back and went. Guys, this one part's going to be really good compared to the rest. Should we just leave it in and have one really good moment or should we take it out? And they're like, take it out. Yeah. Maybe people won't know. But like we did. We all went up there and we all played um, the Culling of Strath home together. And that was my favorite moment on the floor of BlizzCon that year. Yeah. Was all of us playing Culling of Strath home yeah, together. Yeah, that was fun. I, I did it twice. Did it again up upstairs in the in the thing, the the, the press thing. Yeah. And the food was good that year. 2018 had a good buffet. 2017s? Mm. Eh. 2016s? It was pretty good. 15? Eh. They got better as you went along. 2011 was a bad... I don't remember. I, to me, I always go so long that I'm starving that it doesn't matter what they feed us up there that I just would be appreciative. Of that, that was the only year I got the press pass. Oh, was it? 2018 was? Yeah. Yeah, because remember the year where Bo just had to come up the stairs and look at us longingly through the press area? And I tried to talk the guy, the security guard, into letting me through, and it almost worked. I tried really hard with, I don't remember who it was, maybe it was Lindsay or somebody that year. I was like, Bo really should have a thing. Like, why why doesn't he? Like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to stand on the other side of the invisible gate and be there. Yeah. Like, like, having gone the next year, I'm like, this is what you kept me out of? Like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm friends with D. Scott Johnson, who's doing your oh, Q&A. Like, matter. let me hang out behind the invisible gar- barrier. I oh. won't eat any of your food. <laughs> I didn't have, I had no, I had no pull, obviously. But that was also the year, 2017's the year that Bo had the Bush Burger. And we'll never forget that great moment. It was one of the most amazing yeah, times. They made me eat Bush Burgers. Yeah, Bush Burger. It was amazing. <laughs> they made me eat Bush Burgers and see minorly satisfactory Reinhardt. <laughs> 
criticize <laughs> Reinhardt cosplayer because the real Reinhardt's much bigger. Like yeah. that's the thing. It wasn't any issue with the cosplay. That's one of those things where I said it before I thought about it. It happens sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure it happens on the show a lot. Sure. It is one of those <laughs> things, but it was a yeah, beautiful it was, moment. It was pretty insulting overall. I'm glad he didn't hear it and it kept it <laughs> we just shared it on the podcast. Yeah, we I just shared it into the world on the podcast multiple yeah. times today. Included. But there were multiple my- Reinhardts, so they probably all think I'm talking about them. If That's every true. time I've hung out with Bo in person, it has been a wonderful experience. Yeah. But one that is always followed by I spend time with Bo and then I get around my other friends and I excitedly tell them the last thing that Bo did. Yeah. Like always that's basically because yeah. he was one of the first people I saw when uh, what was it? Was it for the heroes thing where we first met yeah, in California? In, in in Irvine. In, yeah. I think it was. And Irvine. then mm-hmm. we went for a walk. Yep. And then he told me how everywhere he saw was where they filmed Terminator 2. Yeah, and really, so I never a- saw those before. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. They filmed Terminator 2 here? <laughs> They're so, all over the place. So there's no way they filmed right there. But I loved that story. That was a great story. Yeah, so yeah. that was it. it was like, it was a wonderful time hanging out with Bo. But then as soon as I got around other people, I knew it was like, guys, you got to hear what Bo did as soon as he saw like a, a wash. He said, like, this is where they filmed Terminator 2 for every single one of them. Yep. Um, that's just, that's what hanging out with Bo is. It's yep. a wonderful experience that then you can't wait to share with yep. others. He's the only guy that ever, there's there's only one man, male, someone who presents as male, who has ever <laughs> kissed me on the cheek on stage really? at a Nerdtacular, and you're the only one. You've never been kissed by another man? Nope. Well, not, not I mean, in public, like, it's on a stage thing, never. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. In private, I that make out with planned. him all the time. I don't know why I did that. It's not like I was upstairs in my hotel room going, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to kiss Scott in the cheek just for some reason. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite photos. I also photos. talked about like the first time I'm up in front of people at Nertacular, I tell them about the shit I just took. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is like, I'm the host of this tech podcast. It's pretty cool. I'm uh, like, I took a shit, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know why I did that. I got to No, like Joss asked if even, not even Patrick. No, Patrick never kissed me. Not once. I mean, is your penis? No, it is. <laughs> yes, he touched me with his Europeanus. I yeah. did not expect that. Um, boy, he's cranky today. He f- fell and hurt his arm in Helsinki and he complained. I, saw that. Yeah. I feel Aww. bad that he fell, but him complaining about everything being frozen made me laugh. It made me laugh too. I shouldn't have laughed, but I laughed. Sorry, Patrick, if you hear this. That was funny. Well, you have to keep in mind the first time I ever met Patrick in person, he was dealing with a horrible experience of losing a tooth or breaking a tooth yeah, he broke in his tooth. a different country from where he lives, mm-hmm. which that's the whole thing. Like breaking a tooth is bad enough. Now imagine doing it elsewhere. It's probably not that bad of a deal for Americans. And it hurt like a mother. Care. He was, he was in serious pain that year. It like, so hurt. yeah, my first introduction to Patrick in person was him in full cranky mode. <laughs> and so whenever he's fully cranky, it's just endearing to me because it's like, that's, that's what my first experience around him. I think like, that was oh. the year where I said, why are you so, Oh no, no, he was smoking. He goes, I needed a smoke break. I'm like, I'll go with you. And then I realized, wait, you told me you quit smoking. I said, I thought you stopped. And he goes, I broke a tooth. It's like I'm going to smoke anyway. So I was like, all right, fine, whatever. It's not a problem. I yeah. love and miss Patrick. He's he's great. He's very busy with his two kids now, and he had a lot going on. He was on The Instance last week, though, so if anybody yeah, didn't hear that episode, I heard him. Was I was surprised. Yeah, it was good. He had nice. to pipe in on that, that Back Division Blizzard deal. He just 
I, and I don't blame him. We all had to get something out on that. It was like having a poo real bad. You just have to push and go. All right. Uh, one quick email. Was, Dear, the, oh. Oh, was there an email uh, related to that? Oh, just, oh yeah. No, Warforged just a, 3. Yeah, that ain't happening. The, Did we answer it? Reforged. Yeah, we said no. Feel satisfied. Yeah, the, the, I wouldn't count on any old games being any better than the state they left them. I in, agree. Except I, maybe World of Warcraft may get a you know expansion that solves things. Sure, uh, Immortal might actually come out. How about that? Uh, Bobby Frankenberger. He's uh, a regular around these parts. He listens to the show and wrote in. Dear Cor- Dear Corgis, Boon Boon Boon. Bo has ruined. Is what I'm trying to say. The past few weeks of days with my children. Let me explain. Oh, great, says, great. It says, my eight-year-old daughter loves Imagine Dragons. Her favorite song. <laughs> I'm so sorry, dude. <laughs> her favorite song happens to be Enemy, the title song to the Netflix show Arcane. My daughter knows nothing about this show, but she loves the song. Now, thanks to Bo, Aww. every time she plays it in the house, which is a lot, all I can hear is Bo singing the song. I'm still trying to figure out whether this is a good thing or not. Who did it better? <laughs> he says, regardless of whether or not Bo's constant presence in my house is good or bad, he has had a massively positive impact on my gaming life in the past few weeks. After okay. hearing him talk about Hades on and off for a while, I finally decided to try the game out. Not only have I gotten into roguelikes, too, uh, sorry, I've never gotten into roguelikes too much, but hearing the way Bo would talk about that game got me intrigued. I love that game. It's amazing. I'm nearly 70 attempts and working on improving my heat levels and various weapons. I love the combination of roguelike randomness combined with your ability to subtly influence the randomness in builds that you want. I also love how Hades just isn't, or sorry, isn't just about the random roguelikes decisions you make. It, it, uh, it also offers a skill system where you have to learn to play better. I don't, uh, and don't get me started on the story. It's amazing. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there and thank Bo. Hearing him talk about this game and also talk about his gaming interests in general has made me realize I too love these types of games and want to play and perfect your skills. Maybe Bo uh, can make up for ruining image, or sorry, ruining Imagine Dragons for me by telling me how he got 25 heat in Hades. What weapons did you use? What build? How did you play? Thanks. Love the show, Bobby. So, uh, wow, that was a very nice long email. To very nice. Say thank you. I guess that makes me an influencer now. Uh, yeah. Super giant. Where's my check, please? Yeah, well done. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I find the term influencer gross. I'm sort of just saying that jokingly, but I'm glad you like it. I would recommend it for free. Yeah, it's a great uh, game. Easily. Yeah, it's a great game. It's very good. So um, I haven't made it to 25 heat. <laughs> I, I think I think I'm up to 16 heat. I think I was working on heat, but then I got distracted with other games. And for, unfortunately, there's just too many games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still have it downloaded on my rotation, so I do plan on playing it again. Um, the strategy for each weapon is different, so I just think you gotta you gotta think about like tactically what you're doing, not with just the weapons, but the weapon subtypes. Mm. So. I find the fists very fun. They are, I think, a little tactically more challenging than some of the other weapons, but I think each of them have their own. When you're playing with that heat level, all of them have nuances that you have to learn. So I don't really think there's one easy weapon. But like any game, as it gets harder, you got to understand like what the weak <clears throat> blacksmith upgrades are and what the weak um, god choices are because it's going to matter, right? Like Dionysus is actually really good. Mm-hmm. anything that stacks is really good um as well because you get the double stack if you, on the dark mirror you get the, the two stack debuff on enemies increasing your damage by 40 percent. so generally speaking you want to do that an easy cheesy way to play is to take the shield that you can leave hover and go for zeus 
so that it, every time the shield hovers and hits in place, it procs lightning, and it also can stand in place. Some bosses will stand in place, like your like Hades will stand in place for a bit, so you can get a lot of damage out that way. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the deal. Is like you can think of a strategy, but you can't just pick. You've got to deal with the randomness uh, of how it goes, and that's what makes it fun. So nice. Um, Practice, 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 practice. Yeah, to me, and, that, uh, that's that game. I'm sorry about Imagine Dragons. It's, I, you know. Sorry. Welcome to the new age. Sometimes you wake up to the sound. Yeah, that's Wake fine. up to the sound. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I haven't watched in a while, so I forget how it goes. <laughs> I love it because they're from Provo, and I, you're, and you, it's all close to me. Everything about Imagine Dragons. I both hate them and like them. I think it's great that you had this influence on on his on his daughter's listening, or that he all he can think of is you when he hears it. I think this is all good. None of yeah, this is bad. Yeah. I don't think any of this is bad. We'll, we'll but, have a collab soon, I'm sure. Yeah, let us know how that goes. All I know is uh, we love getting your emails, everybody. Please keep them coming. Talk to the core at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. A reminder that this show is brought to you by you. Yeah, that's right. Listeners like you at patreon.com slash core show. Uh, you guys are amazing, and we love it that you're over there supporting us. Please continue to do so or do so now. It's cheap. It's not a big deal, and it helps you know, make cool content that you might like uh, a lot, and I hope you do. I know I like making the show a lot, so head on over there right now, patreon.com slash core show, and sign up if you haven't. Uh, frogpants.com slash core for everything else we got going on. We only have one more thing to do, and that is to go around the table and get some words of wisdom from our illustrious host so john uh anything you'd like to say to the people before they leave look you might think it's unimportant because you found yourself at 3 a.m reviewing pornography on steve but (laughs) just because that's where your life has taken you doesn't mean that punctuation isn't important i encourage you all to remember the value of a good comma or period wow that's i i'm beside myself with knowledge now this is really good. Uh, John, Bo, I, it's a lot of work to keep up with that one. That was a hard one, but will you have anything to add? Uh, Misa Bombad ODK Moy Moy Bombad. <laughs> okay. Wow. That I, work, Bombad? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's never been better. This has never work, been a better work, outro. Bombad. Yeah, we killed it just today. Just attack moving all day, and it's just okie day. Okie day. Okie day. Okie day. Oh, my Lord. Save us from ourselves. That's it. We're done. Thank you for being here. We have uh, more coming, so stick around for next week when we'll have a brand new show. Until then, take care, be nice, and play games. We'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Back to Pokemon Go.